The winner of this show is on this. I definitely think people underestimate me. And if you were watching closely, there was a clue. Got the million dollar check written already. I mean, I'm, I'm the winner. My wife and kids have definitely saved me from my demons, my nightmares. Last time I played like a cop, this time I'm playing like a criminal. The past will eat you alive, but the future will save you. But at the same time, it's, uh, it's it, this is a, a business trip, as I like to say. All the girls are coming together and we're spinning the guys around as much as we can. And then we're devouring them. One at a time. I'm gonna win a million dollars, so I guess my nickname's Fabio. Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And for the final time this season, I'm your host, Dan. Yes, and we are concluding Ghost Island with episode 14. Is the finale? It's game time, kids. It's game time for us, and af- finally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> After such a long delay, uh, finally we're here. We're going to try and break down exactly what happened in this season, what where we were right, where we were wrong, everything like that, and what this season actually means. Because in my opinion, every Survivor season has a story behind it that the editors are trying to tell about what it means to be a good Survivor player, what it means to be a good person, etc. And I think this one is very fascinating in how they do that. Yes, I think... With the circumstances being as they were, they had to do something a little different. I mean, I still don't think it was successful. I've seen some people say that, oh, the tie puts everything into perspective and makes it a better season. I think it makes it worse. (laughs) See, for me, I think it puts the edit into perspective and it does not make the season better. Uh, To me, I understand, like, now I understand 100% why they've edited it the way they did. I don't think they should have edited it the way they did. But I feel like this finale especially was the story of Dominic and Wendell and then four people tripping over themselves constantly, completely unaware of how to play the game. And in the modern game of Sur- the modern show of Survivor, that's the the edit is just the game. Like strategic gameplay maneuvering of everything. And Angela, in my opinion, showed she was completely incompetent. Sebastian showed he was completely incompetent. Jonathan showed he was completely incompetent. And Laurel showed she was completely incompetent. And because of that, that makes it a for the story they want to tell, probably very frustrating. Like, I think they were mad at this cast, and I think that's a big reason we saw some of these really invisible edits. Hmm. I I get the first three for sure. I, I have things with Laurel. Uh, I was definitely a bit salty after the end, and part of that was due to Laurel's edit, which we'll get into later. But yeah, I think there was sort of a... They just weren't happy with the way the season played out. They had a lot of strong people on the Malolo tribe that went early. And you can see that from the overall edit. And I think the way things played out, where they almost had to craft two winner edits, sort of really changed the season into something we've never seen before. Absolutely. And I think the thing is, is like, the fact that there were two people who were... He- like, even if you, like whatever if there's angela apologists who love her game or whatever i mean like the thing is is like at the end of the day they had two people who were clearly head and shoulders above everyone else and were just kind of like gliding to the end and like a lot of these things like like the story of like will dominic and wendell turn on each other ends up being not even relevant because wendell's immune to the end dominic's immune to the end so all like basically the story of the season wraps up exclusively in that four final four fire making thing and like that's what the season comes down to is like for like in my opinion like there's been a lot of people who've been saying like this finale was very good i think it was a terrible finale like to watch in terms of entertainment value until the the actual final tribal council like i think the final tribal council is probably the best one we've ever had but i think 
the actual episode was not good. Like, I think it was boring. It was very obvious what was yeah. happening. And for me, like, pretty early on, I was like, okay, Wendell's winning this. Okay, cool. Like, uh, I don't know. I was still very much between Dominic and Wendell, like, up until the very end, I think. But, well, there was a point where I realized, oh, it's a tie vote. That's where it's headed. And then that's where I was yeah. like, well, Laurel's going to vote Wendell. But I don't think it's so much the fault of the editors, unless you have some way they could have made this, like, end better. I really, I think, yeah, I think, like, I think there is no coincidence that the pre-merge of this season is going to be heralded as one of the better ones, and the post-merge is going to be completely forgotten, and I think that's kind of what they were dealing with, is, like, it probably is hard to tell a strategy-focused story of this merge, because it was, like, some people early on in the merge think Wendell's a threat, and Dominic's a threat, and they do nothing about it, and no one listens to them, and then they get voted out, and then there's nobody. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's lots of good characters. Like, I look back at that pre-merge and a lot of... Well, I look at it with knowing now what we've heard from exit interviews and stuff, and I'm like, there was a lot of good people on here, but, like, things just went bad for 19... Well, 18 of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think, ultimately, so much of this season, in my opinion, not being very good, comes down to that swap at the second round, which I think was terrible game design like i really think they should learn from this uh you the and i was actually listening to our first podcast like before the season started where we're going through uh just like who we think's gonna do well everything like that and even preseason, we were like the malolo tribe is way more interesting like in every single way like it would be such a travesty if they get pagonged <laughs> and that's what happened and i feel like that we we knew it preseason. they probably knew it preseason. they were probably devastated when navini just kept winning these challenges um yeah yeah i think it's interesting that we're not well i'm not gonna completely absolve the editors of blame but yeah so much of it is just on how the structure of the game was based so Mm -hmm. yeah like i i feel like i have more sympathy on the editors and more scrutiny on like production as a whole for implementing these things that did stifle gameplay in a major way and did just kind of let dom and wendell have their pick of how they get there and who they're with and everything like to me it was just really draining and granted i do think there were some things from this season that i'll take away in like a good way like i i i liked the season in some amount like it's not the worst season ever um well like you always say bad survivor is still good tv yeah exactly like i enjoy one world i enjoy redemption island like they're really like and those are generally considered the worst and to me they're probably they might not even be the worst like fiji's kind of hard to watch but at the end of the day this is my favorite show it always will be um will it always i don't know how much we're gonna talk about what we've true actually yeah but stick to the end of this podcast because uh there's some info for season 38 uh that i'm we're we're definitely gonna talk about after we go through all these i kind of like um repressing it because i don't want to believe it okay actually i'm sure let's not talk about it i would prefer to never think about it ever i really hope it's not true yeah it's super Um, not confirmed so like yeah it's yeah it's a rumor of like the theme just cross your fingers pray for the survivor you know and love and yeah exactly let's move on okay (laughs) yeah no no for sure so in this in this um finale the first person who met their demise is sebastian uh who had his biggest episode by a decent margin yeah in this episode it just wasn't like it has to be because it's the finale and you know he's either winning or going home but like it was not pretty really no like it was like part of me kind of understands why he did get kind of ignored and like 
I do think his story ended up like if we were did a better job of tracking his story throughout, I think what it was telling us was Sebastian isn't taking the game seriously enough and it's going to come back and bite him. He's too complacent. Um, I think it told us that a couple times, like when everyone, when like in the premiere, when uh, everyone is like Dominic's talking about Chris and there's like the feud brewing, Sebastian just talking about like chilling out and being with his friend and Laffy Taffy and all that stuff. And like, I think the story they were trying to say kind of in the background is Sebastian needs to take this seriously because he's not, he doesn't realize the game's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of that is in the weird Jenna Sebastian scene that never played out for Jenna, but um, considering the ish- the reasons why Sebastian didn't vote Jenna, you sort of see that. It's just, oh, yeah, actually, she's, that's a, 100% she's true. a cute girl, which I'm sure there's so much more at play and that seems a bit manufactured, but that's what the edit does. It shows us why yeah, Sebastian and I think we, gets sixth yeah. place. And we misread, I think, that as, I mean, I definitely misread it as um jenna's story and jenna's gonna like flip expectations and i think in reality what that was telling us was sebastian isn't even realizing there's a game going on he's focused on a girl who he's kind of flirting with yeah and that's it because if you think about and, it it's like just him from the malolo five at the end there because like Ch- yeah chelsea yeah, yeah, from the original, bradley yeah. and desiree are all gone so like and he, we like we noticed like he was being intentionally divorced from them like he never really had that negativity of the bradley like he was like it was like him like we we mentioned at the time like i feel like that casual audience doesn't realize sebastian's on this tribe with bradley yeah and maybe that's the thing like maybe he didn't even like the story is he didn't even realize what was going on at all um i also wouldn't be surprised if they were a little bit mad at him at how he handled final tribal council and that's maybe also why he got Actually, that's something I really haven't thought about is, like, is Dominic's move actually something worth being mad at? My, in my opinion, no, because he goes home if it's not sure. for that. Like, yeah. I think at the final six, we saw, like, I've, I've always thought fake idols are stupid, like, and really provide nothing other than lulls. Um, but I think Dominic used a fake idol for something that actually helped him. And I think that's the first time I've ever seen a fake idol do that. Um, I think that was very cool. And, like... I did. I personally, from the edited TV show that was editing me to, I guess, buy or sorry, misting me to kind of buy that Dominic is rough around the edges and stuff. I didn't really take anything negative about from that. It was a little boisterous, but I guess in his perspective, you have to sell it. So like, I don't know. It's just figuring out a way to do that better. But you're also on day thirty-seven of being starved to death. So like. What are you going to do? Yeah, and, like, the thing is, like, I don't know, I guess I could get it if, like, he was just doing it for the sake of it, but, like, to me, it was, like, this dude's clearly doing yeah, it for, for sure. game reason. Like, it's not, like, I don't know, like, it's, like, getting mad at someone for getting really into Monopoly or something. <laughs> like, it just, it, it just, it didn't click to me, but, um, so I wouldn't be surprised if part of his, like, because Sebastian ends up, like, less confessionals than Jacob Derwin, I believe. Um, like, Sebastian is kind of, like, the one who's been forgotten, like, with the Chelsea's of the world, with the Angela's of the world, like he's been kind of forgotten as like he was also like invisible for throughout the entire yeah. season. And I think like just he didn't have any sort of story. Like there was no. bits with like that bit with Jenna and like bits with Chris or Wendell, but like even then it didn't attach to anything personally for him. Yeah, like I feel like we still know nothing about him, like at all. Like 
like even, like Angela, we know a decent amount about like who they are, like their family. <laughs> but like Sebastian, I'm like apparently he's a fisherman, and that's why he ducks into only fishing terms. Okay, like I don't know, like I guess like maybe like I get why he was cast. He seems like he's entertaining enough, but like at the end of the day, like this guy, I don't think was ever gonna take the game super seriously. So I don't know why you cast people who aren't gonna take the game seriously if you're not gonna edit a character-driven story, you're gonna edit a game-focused story. Yeah. Because then people like him and Angela are just duds if you're putting trying to make a strategically interesting game. But if you're trying to make, like, a big brother, like, trashy, like, wild people, Sebastian's good casting, Angela's good casting. But, like, to me, it almost feels like there's, like, a, um, like a war going on between, like, how yeah. the show actually ends up on TV and how casting works because... They're still casting in the 2003 mold of get the wacky people on the show with the like who have wacky views on things, mm-hmm. but then they're wanting them to go out there and be Zeke Smiths and like make all the big moves. But like, I don't think Sebastian cared about winning. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a very astute way to put it. Is that there's this disconnect between oh people from all walks of life who might just be interesting people to have a conversation with versus, like, people who are going to play a highly strategic game interestingly. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, for me, like, I like, like, I feel like often people are like, I like new school Survivor, I like old school Survivor. For me, I like either, as long as there's some sort of consistency. Like, if it's a super strategically complex game, then I'm fine if it's just like, yeah, we're going to mostly focus on how crazy this game is. But if it like like the genius or even millennials for Gen X is a very strategy based season, but then like if it's not that you don't like this season was really rudimentary strategically, yeah, and they edited it like it wasn't that way. They edited it like you're supposed to be shocked at every tribal council and blindsides mm-hmm. and. That wasn't happening in this season. So, like, I feel like they need to get their act together. Like, we're not going to just always make it, ooh, shocking. Yeah, that's what that's what they have to do. Because I think, I know I haven't watched International Survivor in a while, but what they do is they, like, of course they tone it down with advantages, but they often have it just between one or two people, and it makes sense, and, like, it just works. Yeah, like, that's the thing is, like, I don't get why they think, like, like, people are still watching 36 seasons in. Like, I don't know where this, like, view that, like, if we don't constantly change it from the ground up and make it, like, completely different, people are going to stop watching because, like, people sat through One World, people sat through South Pacific, like, if people sit through those seasons and, like, people leave Redemption Island and are like, Boston Rob is the best winner of all time, best Boston Rob is the best, like, that's how a lot of people viewed Survivor back then. Like, not the internet people, not us, but, like, so ma- like like, my uncle loves Boston Rob, loves those seasons, but, like, like I don't know, like, I just don't get why they want all this stuff, and, like, to me, it's clear that there's a couple people, like Sebastian, who are just getting the, like, the whip, like, the, like the editors are just cracking the whip for being like, you didn't play the game, you didn't play the game, but, like, we call this preseason, like, two dummies on a podcast called that Sebastian was not going to be a strategically interesting player in this game. Yeah. It's like, so well, like, we'll get to, like, a Chelsea later who, like, will surprise, but, like, then you have the opportunity to, like, edit them strategically and didn't. But, yeah, you can oftentimes see, like, what type of person a person is and, like, is that a good fit for what show you're editing? Like, absolutely. And, like, 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 I listened to our first one and, like, from you reading the bios and me listening to a podcast of, like, five-minute interview... We both concluded CBS has no chance to win the game, has a bad mind for the game, and will likely be in there near the end, clogging a spot. 
Yeah. All quotes from us in our first podcast with very minimal information about these, this person. I'm like, why did this person get cast if you know that this is what... I don't know. I think the most... Maybe they were just hoping he would be surprising, I guess. I think a frustrating thing is that it's really easy for there to be, like, some speculation that he might do the impossible. Like, just give him a Fabio confessional and then, like, he's going to be in contention longer. But, like, Mm -hmm. the way they... It's just really frustrating because it was really low visibility, but, like, he had moments and then he just went completely under the radar. And Yeah, and, like... If we were to workshop this, like, I think you could just give him the Fabio edit. And then, all of a sudden, we're coming into the final six here. Like, even not the Fabio edit, but, like, give him something. Yeah, just Like, something. even this first episode was fine enough. Give him just consistent visibility and enough, like, confessionals every now and then. And then we're walking into this being like, what if Sebastian steals it from Dom and Wendell? Right? Like, yeah. Then you have a more interesting game. Like, if you just, just from a purely editing standpoint, you, you give him a little bit more. You give him a little bit. Like, I'm sure he's talking about the game at some times or something. Like, Fabio didn't talk about the game all that much. I but think, like, and now we can get into exit interviews. Like, I think people have said that Sebastian did not want to talk game ever. So, like, there's that. Yeah. But, I mean, I get, like, you could give him. I'm, he must be saying something of value, right? Like, otherwise, like, why did he not, why did he get cast? Is, I don't know. It's one of those problems is, is like, either you do this to him and you're just like, oh, we messed up. We shouldn't have cast him. But I don't think that's what they've learned. Like, I, there's been so many people like this. Yeah. So it's like, they should have just given him like a, they should have given him a story of some point because then some random person on Reddit is going to be like, Sebastian was robbed, all caps, username. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. But no one walked into this finale thinking he had a chance. Yeah. And that hurts your show more than anything else. I don't know. Yeah. That's enough Sebastian. (laughs) Yeah, that's enough Sebastian. The Remora who woke up and... Seabass, pirate. Speaking of people with nicknames that are... Go unexplained. Don Don. Donathan. (laughs) I mean, okay, so the story of Donathan was not that bad i think like i think this is an example of like how you edit somebody in your final five like i think he had a good edit like all things considered like he had a kind of consistent story um he didn't really have to grow which we kept remarking on but it was a journey edit it was him like being happy he was there and like there was always all these like little hints that like he wasn't quite doing things right and then i think the way they unraveled this is like at the end game he's just had enough and he's like really playing very sloppily yeah and i think that like i think the story told us that that was a possibility and i think he had a consistent like everything was consistent with him i think like i think donathan's story was well told for what it ended up being i think so i think it's just such a it's too much of a whiplash i think at the end where he suddenly gets so sloppy yeah but like they they definitely like little bit brad culpepper him where it's just like in the finale game changers just brad culpepper is a different character in the finale yeah but um like at least for donathan like there was a couple episodes of him like slowly getting that way i do wish they would have constantly showed him being that like truth bomb like yeah i'm willing to throw down anytime but like that came out at the end but apparently he was doing that the entire time um so i mean i i think you i think you could like i know they were trying to give him like the tie edit i guess like they wanted him to be a fan favorite they wanted to see it to get on stage and get those like clicks and stuff and i'm sure the casual audience loved him like i he was fine but like i think they would have liked him more honestly if you gave him a little bit of that edge which apparently was there but yeah because like if you think back to the michael jenna boot like, Sebastian tells Jenna that they're voting Donathan because he's, like, this vote flip-flopper. 
And like, we don't see that. Like, I don't know if that's in part because it's so lopsided or what, but like, it was just, I don't know. Part of it is because I mean, it was so strongly Donathan Wendell, Dominic Laurel, that we couldn't consider it actually being flip-floppy, but I don't know. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that, like, ultimately this season probably had a hard time telling the story of, is, like, how do you make, like, when their mandate is, like, make that boot surprising, but also this four-person cross-tribal alliance is ultimately what's controlling everything. Like, I get how that's a hard story to tell, um, because ultimately what ended up happening at the Desiree boot is probably essentially what happened every boot is someone went to Laurel and Donathan and then they're like, no, we're with Wendell and Dominic, but you don't know. So everything you're doing is useless. Ha 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 ha. It's basically how this end game. Yeah. Uh, so like, I get why they had trouble there, but like, and unless you're, and I mean, I guess there's another point where like, if you're just making Donathan come off really like brash and seemingly how he actually was like in your face and like, you're not willing to throw down, uh, maybe you do run into the uh, difficulty where like, we walked into this finale being like, okay, so it's Dominic or Wendell, no question. But, like, maybe the, if you made Dom or Donathan look incompetent too, like, maybe you're walking into a finale and the casual audience doesn't even bother tuning in. You know what I mean? Like, sure. maybe, like, you got Sebastian, Donathan, Angela, and Laurel, all those cartoon characters who were just, like, leaking plans and, like, just, like, giving Dominic and Wendell the win, basically. Like, maybe that is too much. Mm -hmm. Um like tomfoolery even for them so like they had to edit donathan into being a little bit more socially capable but then they had to tell the story of why he ends up not in the final four at the end so i, I kind of get like the methodology anyway i i do think it's wrong like i think they shouldn't have done it that way but like i can't fault them too hard yeah i think almost the season is sort of like a different version of the one world edit where you like have these three buffoons with the final three in the end so you sort of focus all your efforts on making the top three look somewhat viable and then oh yeah no like this is one world if kim spradlin was two people you know what i mean like that's <laughs> that's what this is it's just like like and like one time kim like kim one is like i might consider getting rid of kim two dominic has one confessional in the entire season being like i'm gonna go after wendell um and other than that they're just a unit yeah and like it's just so like one person dot like this is this is a redemption island one world style season there was just two people doing it like i like um and yeah like i think donovan was genuinely the only resistance to that in the game really but like he wasn't good at it so i don't know how you tell that sure. story even it's like if Tarzan was like it, it's almost like if Troyzan made the final 5 in one world right like mm -hmm. It's not like Troyzan's really making any traction against Kim, but like he's the only one doing it, so you have to give him like something because like at least he's at least he's trying. Yeah. I don't know. Like for me, Donathan's story of the final six would be the third best story by a, a decent margin. Um, I think maybe like Laurel's story's no. Well, we're gonna massively disagree on Laurel, but I think I, think... I agree with that because <coughs> I don't think Laurel's story is good. Oh, okay, this is kind of fun. So, we said that, Don preseason, we said that Donathan would be probably most like Hannah. He, like, he won't be able to handle the intricacies of the game. He'll be in there deep, but he'll struggle at uh, at the start, but will fail to understand the nuance of the game. That's pretty good. Which, I think, yeah, we were pretty <laughs> spot on there. Um, so, yeah, like, I think that's basically exactly what happened, is, like, he 
couldn't actually get what he wanted done. And, like, theoretically, he's a good player. Theoretically knew what to do, but couldn't actually yeah. did it, get that trigger pulled. Did it in all the wrong ways. And I think, like, I don't know, like, there's there's still some weirdness with his edit, like, the heroic uh, sitting out of the challenge and, like, not trying. But, like, I think at the end of the day, like, I think there's a lot of moments where, like, Bradley is, like, ragging on Donathan. And he's like, Donathan's just here for a trip. And you're supposed to be like, oh, Bradley, you, you're, you're a big meanie. <laughs> don't talk to Donathan that way. He's better than he seems. And I think that's the thing is, like, his story was, like, he's better than he comes off. You shouldn't underestimate him. But that doesn't, just because someone's underestimated doesn't mean they're good at the game. Yeah. He's better than people think, but he's still not very good. Mm-hmm. Speaking of someone who's really not very good, <laughs> Angela might be the most frustrating survivor player of all time. Uh, I would easily make the case that she's the worst person, worst player, not worst person, <laughs> worst player <laughs> to ever make the final six in a survivor game. And I think she also would make a top tier, like one of the worst players to ever play list. Like, I don't think she voted the majority like a single time, like, like <laughs> this entire game, just everything about her was so frustrating. And ultimately the only reason we end up with is Dominic Wendell file two essentially is Angela spills a plan for some reason. Like, oh my god. <laughs> I just don't even... Like, what do you do with her? Like, I think later on we'll talk about best and worst edits, and I have Angela as one of the worst because it's, like, terrible for someone who is the fourth place person, but she effectively, like, destroyed the season. Yeah, like, she did. Like, I think she has so much to blame for how this ended up this boring like single-handedly it for all kinds of different ways like she constantly leaked plans she was always leaking information like (laughs) she was just absurdly loyal to people who kept blindsiding her Mm -hmm. it was just like i don't think you could like if you were to make a robot and to make them play survivor like this would be the worst one to make like (laughs) it just has all the worst qualities like loyal to an absurd fault like will leak all information to the majority players like she was like an advantage like like it was like dominic on day one he found an idol and he also found a get out of jail free card anytime anything bad happened even if he like tried to get her out like i just don't get it like it's so weird because yeah you look back at like the james boot and like if angela is a smarter player the season is very different yeah like in all kinds of times right like I just, I just don't get it at all. Like, like, her story was like... She could have saved Chris. Yeah, she could have. Like, hey, they're... Actually, no, I think she was out of the loop, I believe. No, because, well... Yeah, she voted Libby or something. But that was part of the plan, right? Uh, I think... So I listened to the Kellen uh, postseason thing, and apparently Angela and Desiree were just out of the loop. Okay, (laughs) well, that... So, (laughs) good job storytelling us that, but... um, uh, Yeah, no, so... uh, like, Angela's story almost doesn't make any sense. Like, she... Because I, I think the thing is, is, like, how do you tell the story of someone who's just, like, terrible? Like, genuinely lost. And, like, I feel like... To me, it's shocking to know that she she's seen the show before. Because, like, to me, this is coming off, like, Recruit, who doesn't know, like, the basic rules of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, it was just so frustrating seeing this happen over and over again. Um, and yeah, like, I think she had definitely one of the worst edits, but at the same time, like, I think she probably got the best edit they could possibly give her. Yeah, I think, like, the best, like, if you really wanted to, like, reward Angela for some reason, I think you could give her a Jane Bright edit. 
Mm-hmm. But like that's not even that good of an edit. Like people hate Jane Bright. I hate Jane Bright. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, don't don't at me, audience. But uh, no, like I I just like the thing is is like I think like we learn about her story. Like to me, she reads like somebody who like 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 and we saw all the time like like in the family visit. Jeff Probst is crying about her story, mm-hmm. and like like I would not be surprised if Jeff Probst made it like mandatory that they give her some good content of like talking about her family and all that kind of stuff because like we know more about angela's family than laurel's family we know more about angela's like struggles in life than laurel we know like we know way more about angela than laurel i think we know so Um, much more. like angela's family is like the most maybe we know about mm -hmm. yeah easy like maybe dominic but not not even really dominic like i don't know it's so weird yeah i don't know like for me it's just like I, I can tell, like, they were engrossed by her and everything. I'm, like, like, very, like, excited for her. But, like, I don't know. Like, I do think they gave, like, a lot of the problem. Like, Laurel's edit, in many ways, is, like, taking the blame for passive gameplay. But I think Angela didn't get enough negative content about that, as Laurel did. When, like, I think Angela was just as to blame for oh, yeah, this happening absolutely. over and over again. I mean, you get lots of moments where, like, Angela thinks she's doing something really smart, but she isn't. And, like, I think the edit presents it that way. But I don't know. There's, like, that, the last, second to last episode where they're, like, Angela's invisible, except she's really bad at the challenge. Like, that's not the <laughs> way to show that Angela is bad. No, it's really not. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I... I It's so hard to say because, like, so listening to our first episode, again, this is before the season started, you literally called that she would get wide variations in amount of content to episodes. (laughs) I was listening to that today and was like, how did you call this? Um, And, like, we we called that she would leak information to people um, because she can't control her face, apparently, is what she was talking about in the preseason. Oh, my gosh. Um, Why is she, like, ruined the season? Yeah, I'm I mean, like at that uh, point she didn't ruin the season. It was literally final six. But like, I could have had a different. She definitely ruined the end game, yeah. and then I think a couple times she ruined other parts of the season. Like I would be, I would not feel bad saying she is one of the reasons this season is so bad. Oh, for sure. Like she's the top five reasons. Like it's the it's the swap at two. It's um. <laughs> there's a couple other things. Angela. Angela just <laughs> linking things. I would also put our next person uh, on there. Uh, which makes me very sad, but... Oh, Laurel. Okay, so... Like, uh, yeah, do we have anything else to say about Angela before we move on to Laurel? I'll miss her. She wasn't at the top of the list this time. Because it wasn't alphabetical. It's true. She got fourth place somehow. And honestly, I'm shocked she came fourth. Like, oh my gosh. I don't know. Like, I thought for sure she was like sixth or fifth or something. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, like, and this is the girl who all season we were like, next week she's gone. I, yeah. I, <laughs> And yeah, she didn't quite satisfy because she was she was pretty visible in this episode. She so it it wasn't quite huge visibility two episodes, huge visibility two episodes because this one was a little bit of an outlier because it's, it's pretty the finale, close, very close, very like because I mean she had to go forth, so she didn't get a lot of content, but like yeah, and I, like this has to be the worst way to say like this person's bad by just like yeah they're not there. <laughs> it's still a really funny edit. Oh like, yeah, like, looking at that, it's one we'll remember. Her, it's like oh amazing. She's definitely got one of the better edgic bars ever. <laughs> like easy, we're just like gray, gray, five visibility, gray, gray. <laughs> but yeah, whatever. Angela's ultimately her story was about everyone leaving her. Honestly, actually, before we move on, like 
her story was kind of like people like bought like how do I put this? Like she reacts positively to being like she's a soldier. You know what I mean? Like like the, she's okay with people barking orders at her. Basically, is her story. Even if it makes her sad and unhappy, and everyone leaves. Mm-hmm. Like that's a really like. <sighs> She's constantly out of the loop on plans. The one time she's involved in a plan, she ruins it for herself. Like, it just, it's a very tragic story of, like, anything she does is wrong. Everything she tries to do doesn't work. Like, and it was just, like, this kind of sad, and I think the family thing that we, like, we'll talk about later is ultimately her story where she couldn't get past the idea that they were family, Navidi was a family, and so she had to work with them, but I don't know, like, it's <laughs> just very odd, and, like, I get why they had such a hard time telling her story, because it was, I'm lost, and I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm just gonna trust people blindly, because randomness put us on a tribe together at the start. Yeah. It's very sad. Alright, next up is our girl, Laurel. Oh, um, Laurel. Who got the Brad Culpepper treatment, in my opinion, right? Like, she was a different character in this episode. You think, episode. So? You think yeah. so? Yeah, like, she was whiny, she was complaining, like, she was randomly super emotional, and I'm kind of wondering if this was the case the entire season or what, but, like, I think it most of the time... To be. Yeah, I think it was. Like, that, w- that would be my take, because but, like... what I've heard is that nobody respected Laurel. She had no shot of winning. Yeah. And so my contention is the edit just wanted us to think Laurel had some shot at winning for a while. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like, I get that you want to make it interesting, but like you gotta, because I, the reason I was so, I guess, angry after the thing is that from my perspective, like I totally got why Laurel should have won. Like, does that make sense? Maybe it's just because I like really am endeared by that sort of gameplay, like Because it's not big. Mm. But I don't know. Like, even the jury sectioning, like, Laurel was like, yeah, I went to the end with these people because I was going to get to the end and it was the smartest thing for me to do. And then the jury was still like, well, that was kind of bad, but eh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So my take here is Laurel's edit is a reaction to Troyzan's edit in Game Changers. This is what Troyzan looks like if you give him a story. I don't think so. I don't know. Like, for me, it's just like, this is the clear third placer. Um, I'm surprised they didn't just give her that Troyzan moment where she's just like, oh, right, I say I'm not winning. Um, thanks to Richard Hatcher, whatever, running around naked. Um, whatever <laughs> Troyzan said in uh, that that season. But, um, yeah, no, because, like, I think this turn was just, like, complete 180. Like, she went from strategically considering uh, whether now is the right time to flip on Wendell and Dominic last, like, the week before to Wendell didn't take me on the reward challenge. Now I want him out. Tosses her, like, throws a little hissy fit. Yeah. Like, she was a different character in this episode, um, which makes me believe that she was probably, this is how she actually looked, just like Brad was how he looked mm-hmm. in the last episode, not the rest of the time. Um, and so I'm assuming it's just, like, they had to give somebody any, like, because, like, imagine you take out the story of Will Laurel flip from this post-merge, and there's nothing. Sure. And I think on top of that, like, the game comes down to Laurel's vote. So you can't just be like, Laurel is poison. Because <laughs> then you're like, oh, well, the game came down to this complete non-entity. It's like if Angela was the tiebreaker. Yeah, which was so close to happening. Well, I mean, <laughs> Laurel would have voted... Oh, no, because it would have still gone to a tie. Yeah, it's still a gone tie. 
So, yeah. I mean, I guess I get it, but you can definitely show Laura with more flaws, I guess. More negative. I think they definitely, definitely should have made her super negative. Like, I think that's, like, I think they were trying to, like, make people slowly get annoyed with her. But, like... I feel like they also, like, because obviously their mandate number one is make a captivating episode of television, like 44 minutes of good stuff where the audience is surprised and all that stuff. I think that, by necessity, forced Laurel to be kind of the narrator of the merge because, like, she's the only one who has any agency to flip it, Mm -hmm. but she's never going to. Yeah, and I think most people's issues edically with Laurel was that she was super not visible in the beginning but then there's not that negativity I don't know it just looks like Laurel can win but she just has some bad like visibility issues not yeah like I think the thing is like ultimately if you ignore this last episode what the edit was telling us was yeah Wendell and Dominic are definitely the front runners but Laurel's right in there behind them yeah when in reality, I think on the beach, it was Wendell and Dominic are on a different island, and Laurel might not even be third. Like, Laurel might yeah. be right there with Angela in terms of no equity. Like, it's not even, she's not third place, she's tied for fourth with the rest of the cast. Yeah. And I think that is something, like, kind of frustrating. Like, I think that this season's probably a lot better if it's the story of Laurel shooting herself in the foot. You know what I mean? Like, it's if it's... If she's Sugar Kuiper, right? Like... Oh, yeah. Like... Which I think is what they should have done, and I think that's what she was in this season. She was Sugar, who was playing for other people to win and didn't realize it. Even, honestly, a little bit, like, maybe even worse than Sugar, because at least Sugar, had, like, like, I don't know, was doing weird stuff, but, like... I think Sugar intended in, never to win. Laurel was like, I'm going to win. Yeah, exactly, but under that vein, right? Like, you just, like, you just have all kinds of people. Like, I think if you gave her more second-person visibility, being like, Laurel has all the capabilities to be good at the game. Why is she not... I guarantee Dominic had confessionals being like, why is she not turning on us? Like, she should be, but... Uh, Yeah, because I I was like, how do you show that if, like, this alliance is so secret? But, yeah, you could totally do it from, like, Dominic's perspective, because, yeah, he definitely would have said that. I don't know about Wendell so much, but... I'm sure they said, like, like people must have said mean things about her. Like, well, yeah. she must have had some sound bites you could pull. Because ultimately, like, I think if you make her the villain and Dominic and what, like, like the sugar and Dominic and Wendell continue kind of like pulling the wool over this like person who's just complaining and emotional, like almost like so much like sugar, but instead of it being Bob, it's Dominic and Wendell who are way more like likable. Like, I think that's okay, actually kind of an interesting story. Yourself. I'll stand on Bob and Susie any day. <laughs> okay, fair. I shouldn't uh, disparage the great Bob Crowley, greatest winner of all time. But And Susie Smith. Um, Close runner-up. One vote away. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, I think that's the thing. is like They chose to edit her as a competent strategist when she wasn't. Like, she really was yeah. not anywhere. Like, in my, in my opinion... She was probably the worst strategist on this show because Angela had no idea what was going on, and and this finale was saying Laurel was gonna win, and like I I, I don't know if she thought she had a chance or what, but like Angela, I'm just like okay, was in La La Land. Donathan <laughs> was at least trying, and Laurel was actively shutting him down. Sebastian on La La Land. So like for me, Laurel was the only one who had a view of what was wrong and was playing against it. And I don't know, like to me, like really is. Like, as we said, like, we, there's a lot of blame on Angela, but, like, I feel like there's just as much on Laurel. Like, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, like, I think ultimately her edit's a failure in that 
it should have been that, not tricking people into thinking she was competent. Yeah. And then afterwards being like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I think that's about all I have to say on Laurel. Just like, ugh. Yeah, all it does for me is so, like, edically moving forward. Uh, so I've always, my edic, like, philosophy's always been, you watch the premiere a million times, you memorize every little thing that happens, um, and then, like, you use the rest of the pre-merch to flush out and, like, oh, okay, so this adds new information to this little bit we got in the premiere. Uh, and for a little bit, I was like, oh, maybe they did something funny and with Laurel and, like, maybe the premiere is less important than I'm thinking. Um, and no, like, now I'm like, okay, early visibility is absolutely crucial for a winner moving forward. Mm-hmm. But not too much, because as we move on... To the winner of the season, because we ignored his uh, over-visibility in the first episode. The winner of... Oh, wait, never mind. Um, he lost. I still... <laughs> Dominic! Like, I still am like, who won? And then it's like, oh. And I'm oh, yeah. so disappointed that Dominic lost. Which is like, where did... Oh, did you have anything on Laurel, our predictions? Because I think all that goodwill we built up with getting it right on Sebastian, Donathan, and Angela, I feel like we were real wrong on... Oh, so the only note I took for Laurel was very wrong exclamation <laughs> points. Yep. I remember we thought she was going to be super fun. We thought she was going to be... Yeah, where did that Remember how she lied to her boyfriend? Yeah, she like I to not lie to anyone for thirty nine days. Yeah, like she was just playing a different game. Like she was just like she just needs to come yeah. back with nineteen boyfriends. Oh yeah, like I don't know. I took so many notes of everybody, and like the only note I took for Laurel was I. We were so we were both so wrong. <laughs> yeah, because we were both calling her as like a very high potential winner pick, like. But probably gonna go with the merge for being too threatening. <laughs> no way. Oh man. And yeah, like I think it's kind of um so now that we're on Dominic, like we both went in like not really liking him. Yeah. In the merge, we were still like, eh, he still kind of annoys us. I think by the end we were both Dominic stands. Yeah, you know, like absolutely. we were both like, he deserves it. I I do th- I did think that. Um, and I think that's kind of a failing of this edit like this season is i think people were probably very upset that wendell won right like i think so i don't know it's hard to know I but think... like it's not michelle aubrey level but it's no and i think the tie helps that because it's like oh he almost won but like i yeah. think i know going in we we're like oh dominic tony 3.0 after joe and now dominic but like every episode was like him straying farther and farther from what tony was and i was like oh Mm -hmm. i can accept this as a winner because it's not tony and then it was not the winner also yeah like i think the further he got away from tony i think the more we liked him both like where he almost turned into like a boss like he was way more like boston rob in my opinion than he ever like, was like tony mm, i don't have a good comparison but just like a more early on he was tony male alpha male yeah i mean i think that's boston rob right he's like mm, well. like tony's like well for me so like like boston i'm not saying like boston rob's like my favorite or anything but like boston rob it, like his story is he keeps he's a coach he keeps the group together he like bonds them against each other and he's the center of everything and like that's i think way more like dominic than it is uh tony where like dominic almost like was tony and turned into boston rob i think but maybe a little bit like i would say was significantly less rough around the edges than rob yeah for sure and to me it really sucks that he got the rough around the edges bad jury management thing when like like you see that on reddit and stuff all the time these weeks since 
and I don't think he is anything like that. Like, no, I he think... lost to Wendell, but he didn't even lose a jury vote to Wendell. He lost, yeah, in the tiebreaker that was decided two seasons ago. <laughs> um, he won. He like, if anyone's saying he had bad jury management, he had the exact same jury management as Wendell. No, well... Unless you're say, gonna like like hypothesize that Wendell expected a tie and worked Laurel better, like <laughs> okay, so that's one arbitrary skill that Wendell did better. But I think he had at the end of the day equal jury management. Obviously, he had yeah. like a different form, like, and I don't know how much like jury management actually played into his game, like, because it just seemed like both of them wanted to get the other out, and then when they both were in there, it's like, well, now what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, like, Dominic's story was, I think, probably the best one by a decent margin. I mean, it also helps that he had literally two times the content of anyone else. Um, yeah, I think I would have him as one of the best at it if he won. Yeah, <laughs> Like, the fact yeah. that he didn't win, it's just so disappointing now. And I think we said that on our last episode. Mm. It was like, now if he doesn't win, it's like, well, this is a disappointment. Yeah, and I mean, especially with, like, the recent, like upturn of oblivious wendell who doesn't know what's happening sure, yeah i mean i do think we'll get to that soon but i think that ultimately the story of the season is how wendell was better than dominic um and they i think they were trying to tell kind of a sophisticated story that didn't really work like i think they were trying to say like the whole like s- social strength is more important than strategic strength and just because you know what's going on doesn't mean that you're better um but i feel like that story's heart doesn't really work but i think they were consciously trying to do the Wendell's social game is better than Dominic knowing what's going on in the game. So they were showing Wendell's not knowing what's going on in the game. But I feel like that story doesn't come off on TV well at all. Yeah, it's, like it just is like Wendell's stupid and Dominic isn't. Yeah. Like, and like you don't want stupid people rewarded. It's hard to be like, say someone's bad at the strategic game and also want to say they're good at the social game. Like, just because like every strategic moment is also a social moment mm-hmm. so yeah it's just like that arbitrary distinction between it, it played out last at the final drop of council where it's like <sighs> like you can't just say that and then like be like oh yeah wendell's like it's almost like they edited it that way you know what i mean we're like like dominic did better at the outwit portion but wendell did better at the outlast and the outplay portions Mm-hmm. It's just like that does not read on TV. That does not read at all because they're arbitrary. Like there's no difference between those things at all. So showing Wendell not know what's going on over and over again isn't a good way to be like, but his social game though. <laughs> I guess I don't know. now that we're like three seasons into this, I think like Millennials versus Gen X didn't have this, right? This format. Uh yeah, it's starting game changers. Yeah. What do you think, think of it? Um so okay, so I when we first saw it, I was like, you know what, I like this. Um, uh, I think I believe the first time was uh, Sarah's. Yes. Um, and I was like, you know what, this is fun. I like seeing. I, honestly, I, I'm. I know a lot of people don't like the whole like Zeke being the. I'm I'm your advocate, Sarah, and all that stuff. But I kind of like seeing the jury like actually like talk and like yeah. all that kind of stuff with each other and like debate. I do not like in this one where it was Michael and Kellen talking and no one else. Like, yeah, that's where it suffered. Because, like, even on, like, I think both of the last two seasons, everyone had a chance to speak. And I'm sure everyone could have spoke, but, like, we never saw Chelsea speak. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's unfortunate. And, yeah, I yeah. I hate Michael as a juror. I, like, I see, honestly, that he's me as a juror, to be honest. Like, like... I am uh, to the audience. If you ever play an online reality game or something with me, I am very much just a game bot. Like I'm very like, 
you you did more things than I than the other person, and therefore, and that's very endearing to me. And like, I love SpongeBob, so and like, and that's why, like, <laughs> that's why I'm like so attached to Laurel because I'm like, oh, you played smart, and you're the underdog, so I'm gonna reward that. So like, oh yeah, like I was like, like I was, I like I during the episode, I was like, yeah, Michael, you rip a. Uh, Laurel, like you destroy Laurel. Yeah, you you cheer for Dominic. You do this. Oh yeah, man. And then I look online and everyone's like, Michael Yerger's the worst. I'm like, oh, okay. so I'm the yeah. worst. All right. I mean, got I messaged you later, like while I was watching, and I was like, I hate Michael. And yep. I'm still so excited for Michael to come back. But um, ultimately, yeah, like I feel like they had a hard time telling. Like I think Dominic had a good edit. And, like, again, like, kind of if you won, because I don't even know what to take away, really, from the Dominic losing, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think that's a big problem is, like, what was his – what was Dominic's story? Because he never really came off like he was turning people off. Like, we never got, like, the coach, like, like kneel down moment. Like, he never really had, like, a villainous streak in him. He never – like, the closest was that final six vote, which they – even if – I don't know if it 100% is true – but they edited it as he needed to do that to survive. I think... Like, it, by being brash. I I think we're just in some ways supposed to go back to James's comment. Like, he's a Russell Hands 2.0. And it's, like, awful because he's obviously not. Mm-hmm. Like, five people on that jury voted for him. Five people. And he won the game if the fire-making twist isn't there. And he probably wins unanimously. Yeah. So, like, I how mean, do you even... Yeah. How do you even say his jury management's bad? Like... Because that's not true, I guess. And, like, I feel like genuinely they did not edit Wendell well enough for... If I was just... If I wasn't a hardcore edgiker, I don't think I would be tracking Wendell as anywhere on the same tier as Dominic. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, the fact... Like, like, I, like, you got me, who's still, like, the premiere. Like, because I've watched the premiere 400 times, I know that Wendell's story is a little bit uh, more... Has better base than Dominic. But, like... Like, like my parents were like, oh, like, why did, like, how did Wendell win? Like, what did he even do? Like, <laughs> and that's the thing is, like, Dominic, like, didn't have a fatal flaw ever. He, like, he was, he played a little bit too hard at the start, but then the edit was like, yeah, but now he's calm now. Don't worry. Yeah. He's, he's the best. <laughs> like, like they, that was in the past. You could tell in his edit, it literally changed after Chris went home. And it's like, mm-hmm. don't do that if he's not going to win. Yeah, just keep him, like, I'm sure he was being brash and stuff, like, just yeah. show more of that. And so, like, I don't know, like, I think ultimately his story didn't have a good end. Like, it, like, it was a, one of, in my opinion, one of the best Survivor stories I've seen in a long time of, like, the guy who, like, is so excited to play. He's a truth teller, Jeff, and, like, he's so willing to play. He's so creative. He has, like, all this emergent gameplay that he's ready to do. But there's this one guy who is this cartoon character who's just getting in his way, um, and he, he'll take control of the game. He'll be able to do what he wants when he finally gets rid of this guy. He successfully does it, dominates the game, and then gets to the end and uh, loses. It was just, like, he articulated... It's almost like maybe it's a symptom of how visible he was. But I didn't mind how visible he was if he won. No, like, so, that's the best way for it to make sense, is, like, he wins. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have, like, Wendell going weirdly invisible at points. Yeah, no, and I, I agree. Like, I just think, like, his story is beautiful and, like, perfect if he wins. And if not, it's, like, I don't really, like, I feel like the edit didn't give a good reason why Dominic lost this vote. Um, yeah. 
And I think that is a pretty major problem with this season is there what like i get that they basically just gave wendell and dominic both winners at it like i do think that is probably a conscious decision and it makes sense because they tie um but i think in the future if there's another tie they should not do that um yeah because like we won't because... know it's a tie until the very end and then mm-hmm. someone is just gonna win after that so like yeah don't yeah like the climax isn't of the survivor season isn't who wins because there's no f- falling action afterwards the climax is like the final immunity challenge and who they pick. And then yeah, it, it falls from there. Um, like if the only suspense of the season is in the last second of Jeff reading the pro Jeff reading the vote that happens anyway, like during millennials for Jet X, I don't know if everyone is this way, but when they were reading the vote count, I was like, oh, is, is Ken going to win? Um, Cause I'm like in the moment of the vote count, I don't think I've ever been like, oh, this is so obviously going one way. Like, th- that moment is inherently already tense. You don't have to make it more tense. And I feel like if you just made the story a little bit, like, better for how Dominic loses, yeah, I think it works a lot better. Or, honestly, even if you just... You, like, I think my biggest problem is... And I, maybe we should just move on to Wendell here. Um, is... And we can kind of talk about them in conjunction. Is I think the fact that they just made Wendell look bad over and over again made the story not work. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm still left with all those moments like, okay, he wins, but, like, why did you do this? And, mm-hmm. and I think another problem, which is going to sound awful coming from me, who has, like, had Dominic as my winner contender for, like, three episodes before this, but, like, looking back, there's just so much that, like, Wendell is the winner. And, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I dismissed it. So, like, I have to be held accountable for that. But, like, the shell scene in context now, it's just so obviously, like, look, Wendell has a social game. It's, like, so out of place and weird, totally. Yeah, like, I think Wendell has one of the worst winners edits ever, I think. Like, it's really not good. And, like, I'm somebody who was relatively on the Wendell bandwagon from the start. At times, I deetered and everything. But for the most part, I was, like, a Wendell... Like, I never once was, like, Wendell's not winning. Um... And the thing is, is, like, at the end of the day, what's so weird is, like, in the day-to-day, the average episode, the average Wendell moment, he was shown as incompetent. Yeah. But then, in these random moments, he would, all of a sudden, he is a power player. He is talking about his, like, he's getting the winner edit, the shell scene, the Nicole happy birthday scene. Um, When his dad's there, he's like, in this game, I'm willing to do anything. I'll go get any advantage. And it's like, this is not the Wendell you're normally showing us. Like, his edit is almost like, his story is like... He, it's almost like they don't know how he won, like yeah. the editors. And I don't, I don't know how he won. Like, cause you get like Dominic is this big character who's making a lot of strategic decisions. You don't necessarily get that Wendell is doing that. And like when the season puts them as equals, it's weird because like I don't know. It's just yeah, like maybe we're a bunch of game bots and we just can't understand social relationships. But to me, it read like. They got this loose idea that, like, Wendell went from social game or something, and then we're like, uh, yeah, uh, he gave something to Sebastian, right? Sebastian cared about this for some reason? Okay, we're gonna make that a huge moment for Wendell. Like, it just feels like a couple times it was just, like, but I think they decided to give him winner content, and then the rest of the time they're like, yeah, but we really wish Dominic won. And I think it sticks out in this season. Like, the season mm-hmm. isn't about giving shells to people. It's, no. like, very much about will Laurel flip, or, like, what's Kellen's pagonging strategy gonna do this week? 100%. It's not like, and like, oh, little personal scenes. 
and they just no, stick like, out and it doesn't work right. Yeah, like Wendell's biggest moments that were the most winner like made no sense. And I think that's a big problem. Like in the moment of the shell scene, we both left the episode being like, Okay, Wendell's the winner and that was a terrible scene. Yeah. And when he sang happy birthday to his girlfriend, we were like, Okay, Wendell's the winner, but that was a horrible scene. Mm-hmm. And it stuck it like a sore thumb both times and like multiple times after that too. Like even the voting confessional, like these are things that they, they don't normally show. And I'm sure everyone talks about their family member at home whose birthday it is or whatever. It just, Wendell yeah. got that glowing moment for it. And like, I don't know, like to me, it just like his, it, the reason I was so on him for most of the time is it's like, if he's going to, if he's not winning, he I don't think those ever get shown. Oh, ever. absolutely. Like, there's no chance they ever get shown. and Not in this season. No, like... It's cause... like, Millennials versus Gen X has, like, a ton of this, where, like, Brett and Zeke talk, or, like, um, it's Michelle and all the boys on that tribe pre-merge. It's just, like, little mm. moments that don't in any way relate to the winner of the season. Like, Brett and Zeke, both jurors. Like, everyone on that pre-merge tribe is a juror, but, like... Yeah, even Figgy and Michaela have, like, an arc together. Yeah. And it's just... Because that season wasn't afraid to just show everyone having, like, these cute little moments with each other. And this season, for the most part, other than Wendell, was. I guess you do get stuff like Chris and Donathan talking together, but, like... Yeah, you do get pre-merge stuff, but, like, I think it's also that you know cute stuff is going on, but you don't see it. Like, there's the food challenge where they all show up wearing these, like, cinnamon buns. Yeah. And you have, like, no context on that. Like, we talked about how Don Don gets called Don Don... And we don't know. Like, there's a bit with Sebastian, but it's, like, I don't know. It's... Mm-hmm. And, like, that's something for me is, like, I feel like they, at the end of the day, they did not convince, convincingly tell the story of how Wendell was better than Dominic. Yeah. Um, I think that is a reason, like, why the winner's edit is a real thing for all seasons is, like, there's a reason the winner isn't usually shown as ver- wrong very often. Um, because it's awkward. Like... And I think it's no coincidence that Wendell did not get a winner's montage in the reunion. Mm-hmm. Like, the only winner I can think of in a very long time. Ben got one narrated by Jeff Probst. <laughs> and Wendell didn't get one. And I would not be surprised... Like, I would not be surprised to hear, like, backstage that they think Wendell did not deserve it. You know what I mean? Like, I would not be surprised if, like, Inside Survivor leaks, like, they were very mad at how that worked and, like... Mm-hmm. Probably not because they got the cool final trial council, but, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it was a failure there. Yeah. In my opinion. But um, I do want to say, like, so preseason, uh, we both had Wendell as, like, an extremely likely winner. Yeah. Uh, we both basically called his winner at it. Uh, <laughs> that he would talk about his girlfriend. He was passionate about building. He's not scared to be himself. Um, you said, I don't think he'll care about strategy all that much. Uh, <laughs> which... I mean, I can't imagine a better summation of him, but, <laughs> and then Dominic, uh, we said leader, bossy, annoying people, creative, emerging gameplay, most confessionals. We called the most confessionals. Everything else. I think we like, yeah. yeah, he was, the, he was the leader. I guess he was bossy. He wasn't really annoying people. He was creative and he did get the most confessionals. So, wow. We're like eerily on point. Yeah, no. And like, I was like a bunch of these, like, um, like for Chelsea, you, you literally called, Chelsea's content falls off me. Chelsea seems really generic. Chelsea's going to be in there for a long time and most likely get a purple edit. Mm. We called Bradley as angry and mean complainer. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, 
Oh, uh, and for Chelsea, we both said she'd be a dud, and we both said she was like gonna be a capable player who was completely boring. A beta, beta, and a partnership, a follower, purple edit watch. Oh my gosh! Like, oh my goodness. Um, Chris, like he's gonna be Cole Metters two point Editors are gonna have a lot of fun tearing into him. Um, <laughs> uh, like we really, I think we did a really good job in that podcast. Yeah. But um, so ultimately, I think with the Wendell and Dominic thing. Like ultimately I think this season fails in a large part because they just put all the eggs in those two baskets. And then they didn't tell a convincing story of why one egg was better than the other. Um, but I think what they were trying to do at the end of the day, what the, I think this season, like the story and quotation marks of this season is, is this little reminder paying attention saying we essentially, if you watch Wendell's voting confessional, that speech of being like, you should say we more Chris, like pay attention to the people around you because um, like being a social person is more important, I think is ultimately what this season was trying to tell us. But the issue is that they used like Sebastian talks about little reminders. Mm-hmm. They like Chris talks about like, like they use, I feel like the wrong, um, figureheads for each of these themes. Um, and ultimately it was just like Wendell pays attention to people. Uh, and that's important in survivor. I don't think it's a super great story. <laughs> I think the way you need to tell that is to sort of emphasize when Wendell does that. Like, if you think at, like, Final Five, when Wendell plays the necklace on Laurel, for really no reason. Like, Wendell knows Laurel's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. Like, he should be like, or Laurel should be like, oh, that was so great of Wendell to play it on me. Like, mm-hmm. he's always thinking of that. And I'm glad I'm here at the end with him. And, like, she's the deciding vote, so, like, especially do that. And I think the thing is, is, so, like, the way I'm tracking this season, they planned, so Chris is the antithesis to this theme. Uh, Chris talks about himself all the time, like, he's a big charismatic guy, and it's so draining, and all that stuff. Like, he was very self-focused, and the edit was telling us that that's bad, that you should care about other people just as much as you care about yourself in the game of Survivor. And that was Wendell's story, and I think it worked that way. Sebastian talks about like it's important with his little reminders thing like like that kind of stuff means a lot means more than people would notice um Wendell talks a lot about the camp and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff um but I do think there are a, a couple of moments throughout the season that with this foresight it's clear that they were trying to use more people for this way I think uh Bradley was also used as a as just like Chris was um Bradley was not paying attention to the little things of people. Bradley was not listening and, like, hearing people out and yeah. was complaining. And I think that's part of this is, like, you need to smile. You need to work hard. You need to say we were a team, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff, I think, was crucial to ultimately is the story of the season. Is like, that stuff's good. And the villains we got in Chris and Bradley were the complete opposite of this in varying ways. Mm-hmm. Yep, I definitely agree with that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's more positive examples of it. Um, I think the number one for me that we, that I kind of called, uh, is that episode, I don't, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, my apologies, um, where Wendell gives up the immunity. Um, I'm now, I've gone back, I said I would, when we figure out the results, uh, whether that was a positive moment or not, I think that was supposed to be a positive moment. Hmm part of this theme i think it was supposed to be like what you were just describing with laurel thanking him and all that stuff i think that was what they were trying to do with that episode oh yeah where yeah laurel yeah. thanks him and i can't get rid of him now that he just gave up immunity for me that's so selfless hmm. i think that's what that was 
that was the last um like all season we were like we're just waiting for that moment where uh jeff probes is like and the one secret that wasn't kept secret or whatever is the one that won or what like it, it was that moment it was just that moment was terrible like that moment did not read on tv well and that's why you see all kinds of people on facebook being like Wendell was <laughs> complaining and uh, throwing a hissy fit for not winning the challenge. Yeah. Uh, because they didn't tell the story well. But I, th- that's what they were trying to do. I, I stand by that at this point. That was supposed to be a Miller Road positive episode. Hmm. Um, and yeah, like, I do think that is ultimately the story of the season. Yeah, I think How that's the big that one. I mean, that's I think the big it was one for not Wendell. a good story. Yeah. And I mean, I think, like, I think this is also the story for Donathan. Um, I think it was also, if we're going to talk about the Navidi versus Malolo thing, uh, Stephanie Johnson cares about people. Michael cares about people. Michael's willing to play his idol for his for his friends. Um, Stephanie has hope. Like, all this stuff. Like, I, I think it's no coincidence that um, all the heroes in this story are people who really were willing to... He- like, Stephanie Johnson was willing to hear out Jacob Derwin's crazy plans, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, and paid attention to him and made him feel included and like brought up things to make him feel special and Wendell I think inherited that story and I think Donathan had that at points when like Donathan's talking to Chris about his his mom and I think all those things served as like little motifs to tell us why Wendell's kind of gameplay was better yeah yeah I agree with that like I wanted to say Stephanie Johnson as a positive example of that but it's sort of loose with that hope thing but Michael's a more convincing one even though he didn't vote for Wendell but like yeah yeah, obviously whatever he was doing was positive and it was trying to bring Malolo together keep hope alive Mm -hmm. and for some reason Wendell just is an honorary member of that I guess I I don't know for some reason I I think in many ways Wendell does inherit Donathan's edit a little bit um just in like like I think Donathan they use him as a storytelling device in many ways to hype up Wendell. Um, I don't think it completely worked, but I think there was conscious effort to do that. I think the next big story of this season, at least the post-merge, was the difference between big moves slash smart moves slash complacency. I, I'm not exactly sure how to um, wrap this up as a, like a, a nice-sounding story name. Sure. But like Laurel's story was ultimately... Do I flip? Should I make a big move or should I do the smart move that gets me third place? Um, and mm. yeah, like I think this was a crucial story of the post merge. I think you can even attach it to Kellen in a way because oh, yeah, Kellen was always doing the smart move of sticking with her tribe, but then that caught up to her. And yeah, I I hate this story because it means big moves are good. And I don't know, I think you well, put it well somewhere in discussion, like big moves are okay if they make sense. Well, just like an obvious thing, but like you said it very astutely, I think. Yeah, for me, like big moves are for if the status quo currently does not benefit you, then you want to rattle the cage, you want to change things. If it currently benefits you, you shouldn't make them, but not in this story. And I think this is actually a captivating example of that, where theoretically the status quo did benefit Kellen, and that's what came back to bite her. I think in many ways that was her story for this, was she was so complacent, she was so thinking about smart moves rather than big moves, that it was her undoing in the game. Uh, I don't know if that's actually what it was, but I think... She had a nice little story involved with this, I think. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I think I'm just disappointed that, like, it still kind of presented it as, like, 
I mean, we have to call it the smart move, and, like, smart's not yeah. derogatory. Like, I almost want to say safe, but, like... Yeah, it's definitely big moves for safe moves, I guess. It's probably a better thing, but, like, even when you think about it, like, in the pre-merge on that, um... On new Malo- second Malolo, like, that tribe's story was how bad it is for Kellen and Bradley to be so complacent. Yeah. Even though it was beneficial for them in the current moment, they weren't thinking long-term enough. They weren't thinking blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, that's the thing. is like, when we're talking about these stories, it's like, all, like, random moments in every episode are reinforcing what you, what they're trying to tell you is good or bad. And... Um, in this one, they were saying, like, you should be going after the king. Like, you should be committing regicide here, because otherwise you'll end up like Kellen and you'll have no power anymore. Yeah. Um, and yeah, kind of just, like, the importance, and this almost ties also into, like, the little reminders thing, where it's like, um, Bradley and Kellen get crucified for not hearing the mo- <coughs> not hearing the Malolos out on that second Malolo tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that, like part of paying attention to people is hearing them out and they don't hear them out. And that's their undoing in the game. Yeah. It's definitely, at least for the Pagonging, like it's portrayed super negatively. Like it's not something you want to see happen as a viewer. You have people like Brendan and Stephanie and Michael be the victims of it. And like, the like absurd victims, like the, like, they're crying on a beach with hope on the words. Like, yeah. Like, that was, that's what they were trying to tell us, right? Is like, pagonging bad. Mm-hmm. If you're doing a pagonging, unless you're the number one, you're a dummy. Like, yeah. And I think that's why it sort of fails with Laurel, is there's no, like, like, we're not attached because the people she's not flipping and helping are the same people who were the villains in this previous yeah. iteration of the story. So. And yeah, and like also like I don't know like I just I think all of that comes down to just kind of bad storytelling with Laurel. Like Laurel's story should have just been a different story. Mm -hmm. I think like if the story should I flip on this thing that already is in the shadows, it's really hard to tell. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, and I think included in here is that fear keeps you sharp line that Dominic said. Um, that like if you're scared, you're gonna continuously be questioning your spot in the in your group right like if you're in one of these pagongan groups you should be constantly scared and reevaluating. Mm-hmm. uh i think that was like i think the edit was like yeah you're right dominic that's why we're not gonna bury you for doing this that's why you were right to take up bradley yeah because yeah i mean the people you had on that word even if they weren't, they were shown as very placated with, oh, just the Navides. We'll just get to the end, mm-hmm. like, and nothing else. Um, and the next sort of, I think, major story that we've alluded to a bunch is that social strength or outlasting, maybe, or out whatever one is, social strength, is better than strategy. Uh, and for a long time, we said that this was Donathan's story. Um, and I think at the end of the day, this was Wendell's story. It just got inherited from Donathan. And they used Donathan as the major story, tell- major story part of this. Like, in the first episode especially, like, this is Donathan's story of Stephanie Johnson being like, oh, but, like, just because you're not good at some things doesn't mean you're not good at other things. You could be shoved in holes or whatever. <laughs> um, I think at the end of the day, like, that was pr- easily probably the number two story of the season was that... <laughs> It's just, it's hard to tell. It doesn't really work. I And I think another facet of this is that 
were saying social strength is better than strategy and not even discussing like physical strength really i think that's just showing how much of a non-entity it was in this oh yeah like and like part of this what like in my opinion if i was actually gonna like write out like what the story of the season was it was social strength greater than strategy greater than challenges physical strength um because that was also part of the story was michael yerger's obsessed with physical strength Mm -hmm. um and he's wrong like that was part of this story and he was contrasted to uh donathan um or if you want to read anything into the chelsea edit we got like she wins two challenges and she's a non-factor like yeah it's not important like focus on other things and yeah, I would not be surprised at all if uh, they internally actually had it as outlast greater than, outwit greater than, outplay, or whatever they mean. But um, yeah, like I think that was a conscious effort. Just because like, you can tell like how many times it comes up, how many different like little times like this sort of thing's mentioned. And yeah. ultimately, it's the attempted explanation for why Wendell wins. And... I think it is the failed explanation for why Wendell wins. Because mm-hmm. I don't think there is a functional difference between strategy and social. They're very and interconnected. They are very interconnected, and it's impossible to tell the difference on TV. Mm-hmm. Unless you literally, like, unless by strategy you mean, like, somebody going up to them and being, like, purely talking in numbers. Like, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And that's not, like, if you just went by numbers, it would be pagongings all the way down. You've got to do different yeah. things. Yeah, part of the strategic game is getting people on your side yeah. to do whatever you want. Like, it's, that's social. Like, but yeah, like, all these things, like, as we're seeing, are, like, working in tandem to kind of tell the story of how Wendell, either how Wendell and Dominic got to the end together, or how Wendell ends up beating Dominic. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Um. Next up is, I guess, more Dominic's story that didn't win out uh, of the family, the mafioso-style family, Um. which... I mean, wasn't super prevalent in um, this episode, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, you got a little bit with Angela and Dominic, like, kind of that relationship. Or even um, Laurel, like, maybe Laurel's, like, descent into, uh, like, cartoonish little girl mm-hmm. um, has something to do with this. Like, like, like Wendell didn't, mom, like, Wendell didn't bring me on the trip. Um, like, kind of, like, bratty. Yeah. But, like, it wasn't super prevalent here. Um yeah, and I think in the end, it's usually a negative thing. Like, it's so strongly attached to Angela mm-hmm. and her failings that it can't be a positive thing. And I mean, the pagonging is an implied family, and that's a bad thing, so... Yeah, I think this was a negative story. Yeah. Um, That occasionally, when it was wrapped with Dominic, was good. Like, Dominic was the patriarch, Dominic was... Everything was, like, it was okay for Dominic, but... Um, I think they tried in many ways to kind of subconsciously drag him with this kind of motif. Um, yeah. But, like, I don't know. Again, I don't think it worked too well. Because um, he didn't come off like a mob boss. He came like a da- came off like a dad. <laughs> and I think that's kind of a problem. Um, yeah. And, yeah, like, yeah, it really wasn't super relevant here. Um, and same with this next theme of Navidi versus Malolo, which really was not here wait really like i mean there's the fire making thing oh true no okay yeah but it was purple and orange then but it's such a big like factor that's a good point i think and actually yeah i think in the end the navidi versus malolo thing is always just like you have to put it in the season because it's such a big factor i mean Mm -hmm. navidi completely demolishes malolo at all points of the game pretty much 
Um, it just so happens that orange tribes lose more often, I think. And a season about curses, you've got to just have oh, yeah. this front and center. And yeah, like, uh, quick tangent. Another problem with Angela. If you're about to do a dexterous task where one requires a lot of calmness and, like, efficiency to do something, why would you ever... Like, I don't think the brown and purple or whatever, or the purple and orange had any real effect. Like, I feel like Wendell wins that either way. But, like, why not make him more stressed? Like, why not make Wendell yeah. a little bit more stressed um, about some curse or something? I don't know. Maybe it's jury management. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, Angela is the queen of jury management. But, um, yeah, no. And I think, like, the thing is, is, like, this story, again, is in tandem with these other things. Where, like, part of the complacency smart move story was too many people are just thinking Navidi versus Malolo and not seeing what's actually going yeah. on. Um, and all that kind of stuff. And, like, the people who end up, the three people at the end we're not thinking Navidi versus Malolo at really any point. Yeah, and absolutely. So that's kind of how this story ends is like, hey, you shouldn't have been thinking about this in the first place. But, yep. Um, and yeah, like the, the vote breakdown and everything was, and Laurel tried, like Laurel was like, I'm the last Malolo. And it, everyone was like, shut up, Laurel. Let the <laughs> other two talk. <laughs> um, and I think an interesting aside to this, or uh, like next part is, um, like, with the one bad decision one that, like, has been the thing forever. Yeah. It's almost like not making a decision was people's bad decision. Um, And I think this was almost the Navidi theme, right? Like, this one bad decision. Kellen was the figurehead. Maybe, like, the slow zoom in on Kellen with the uh, one bad decision or whatever was really just meant to be, like, she's the figurehead of Navidi, strong and all that. Um, mm-hmm. Navidi's, deci- like, bad decision will be continuing to unite over and over again. Yeah, for most of them. I think it's just hard because, like, Wendell and Dominic are there at the end, and then, like, Mm -hmm. but you have so much in Navidi that obviously suffers due to this. Yeah, and I think, like, there's a very clear, like, editing-wise, you understand why they, like, pitched this, like, Kellen's making this girl in Navidi alliance because that's how they just managed to cut it, is they were just like, uh, the girls and Sebastian are one unit of Navidi, they're the bad Navidi. And then uh, Wendell and Dominic are fine. They're, they're, they just happen to be Navidi. Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> um, I still don't think that worked. I think that's all. honestly why they gave us that four-person alliance so early. Is like they knew they were doing this Navidi bad Malolo good thing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we need a way to make Wendell and Dominic not look bad. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> those two are Malolos. Okay, boom. No suspense at all anymore. <laughs> And honestly, like, this this one was, like, I guess one of those ones where it's just, like, at the end of the day, like, it wasn't super, like, this was, uh, this was probably just they made the sign and then we're trying to. Because, like, they almost tried to edit Dominic not going into fire as the one bad decision. Oh, for sure. Or just, is like, dumb, in my opinion. I don't even know what they're necessarily doing with that. Like, whether it was, like, the curse of the urns trying to trick him into doing something super dumb or like yeah i don't know that was the word like that was just dumb i i don't mind personally like i think personally you should give contestants as many choices as possible um mm-hmm. a- like anything that could potentially make somebody like overstress or whatever like yeah the urns i was had no problem with it i saw a lot of people didn't like that but like i was like why not let let, let the guy obsess over <laughs> tony woo or whatever like yeah i think in the end one bad decision was so tied to the theme and honestly the game of survivor just has a mm-hmm. plethora of not great decisions so you can always be like 
Look at these people making bad decisions. I've definitely never made one of those before. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so and I think the one that got the most blatant call out in this uh, finale was our beloved playing with your gut, uh, your heart and your mind. When Dominic said, I'm going to trust my gut and pay, uh, put Angela in the lion's den or whatever, uh, I knew Wendell won from that moment on. As soon as Dominic mentioned that he's going to trust his gut. Because <laughs> we tracked that this is a negative story. You should apparently not trust your gut in the game of Survivor. It's <laughs> the last thing you should trust. You should instead yeah. stay fearful. Right? Like, I think that's what the contrast is, is... You shouldn't trust your gut because that's where complacency comes from and gut aches. But instead, you should trust your fear because that keeps you sharp. And the minute Dominic was complacent, he lost. And I think yeah. that's what they're trying to say. Yeah, it's almost that's, I think, the biggest point towards maybe them arguing that Dominic should have gone into the fire making challenge because. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's what oh, the story they were trying to sell is. Yeah, Dominic should have because he would have won and. The minute he was felt safe from that immunity, he was he was no longer scared, and there he then he lost his edge. And yeah, it doesn't really work because I mean, if Donathan votes Laurel, if Laurel's a little bit less awful at Final Trouble Council or something, like Dominic wins. <laughs> like, yep. and apparently they all thought Domin- Donathan was gonna vote Laurel, so like they weren't even betting on that being the case. Like, you know what I mean? Like. Like Wendell thought Donathan was voting uh, Laurel, and Dominic thought Laurel was vo- he was voting Laurel, and Laurel thought Donathan was voting Laurel. <laughs> so like, <laughs> that was a dumb thing because like Donathan wasn't like I, I don't know. It just to me it's insane that that was a story they were trying to pot off. Yeah, because like everyone would say Don- Dominic is the worst player ever if he goes on fire and loses. But yeah, but they it was almost like they had this whole season of like bad decisions. And then they're like, but look at this, like, fun decision that's, like, could win you the game. And, like, yeah. they had you to You didn't do this really weird thing. Impossible. Worst decision of all time. Yeah. Um, I think he's the only person who said he's going to trust his gut in this episode. Um, I think so. And it was just, like, at that moment, I'm like, oh, no. <sighs> and so, t- for me, personally, Final Travel Council wasn't actually all that interesting. And this whole episode was pretty bad. Like... I was not loving it at all, including the final travel council, because it was so obvious to me that Dominic lost because he said, trust your gut. <laughs> uh, the downsides of Edgek, uh, but um, yeah, no, uh, but other than that, like, I think this was a story that was actually kind of well, t- well told, like the fear keeps you sharp versus uh, playing with your gut. Yeah. Like that one worked for me. It was definitely for interesting. Because mm-hmm, it was unclear where it was going. Yeah, and it had like a build up. Like you had that question that Kellen answered, and like it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is important, and then it keeps coming up, and yeah. And yeah, so like at the end of the day, like the story of the season, like last season, being the importance of keeping secrets. Um, I think is that social strength is better because if you pay attention to the small things, uh, say we more, all that stuff, because courteous. Be a nice person. That's how you win Survivor. I think is the story they were trying to say, and also make big moves. Yeah. <laughs> never, never sit still. Um, <laughs> never be a Chelsea. Which, never be Chelsea. Uh, <laughs> just because you win challenges and you're gonna win uh, if you get to the end or whatever, uh, doesn't mean you're good. Like, all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Like they were really just like, f- and for me personally, I don't mind if 
like like I do like I am very much of the opinion like if you're out there you should be trying to win no matter what if you think you're gonna come third I have no sympathy for you just taking that like that's why Hannah frustrates me so much that's why Laurel frustrates me so much I personally do not mind them sending this message out that like if you're just gonna sit there and come third like you're wasting a spot like please just go I don't mind if they do that um as long as it actually has an effect on future seasons where people won't do that but it won't I, no, so because i mean the thing is it's money it's like third place is still good money and i don't know that would motivate me but see i would i just could never do that like for me like if you're not trying like one million percent to win the game like you're actively frustrating me uh and that's why like i like i like a good train wreck person like i love um chris right like chris in this season is awesome because Chris has a delusional view of how he's going to win the game, but he's trying to win the game, yeah. right? Like, he's... Whereas Angela, I do not buy as she was trying to win the game. Like, I don't even know what Angela was doing. I don't think she... Like, like Laurel, she was not trying to win the game. And so I think Laurel was trying to me. win the game. I do not think Laurel was trying to win the game. Like, you have to know Laurel knew she was losing, right? Like... <sighs> like, what do you mean you think Laurel was trying to win? She thought she was going to split the votes. Do you, do you actually buy that? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. I think. For, like, so for me, lo- that part of Laurel's story is like the story of how even if something's super ridiculous and you don't think it's possible, um, <laughs> she'll lie to herself. Uh, like that's her making excuses for what she's doing. I thought the edit was trying to like, be like, yeah, these are just excuses. Poor sad Laurel. I don't know. Like I was the person who was like, oh, they showed two Dominic votes and two Wendell votes. And then Laurel's going to get six votes. <laughs> oh no <laughs> such a like a wishful thinker like i don't know i feel like they did split the votes <laughs> uh i don't know for me like i don't mind people like laurel being like the whip like the whip boy of the season because like like we said like they did she did make this season way more boring <laughs> um and like at least for me like i said like i don't mind the super strategy focused survivor i really don't uh but if that's the case i want it to be people who are actually trying to win mm-hmm. um cuz this season to me is definitely bottom 5 i think definitely bottom 10 probably bottom 5 um and honestly it might be like it's probably like 10th and like part of that's because we did this podcast and like that raises it quite oh, for a few sure. points for yeah. me yeah we're so um, attached to people. But even still, I think the biggest issue for me is that even though, like, we did a podcast on it, like, there's still so many people who I just don't know anything about. Oh, yeah. Like, I like, have big issues with the editing imbalance. 100%. Like, I guess at that, this point, we should... So, we, beforehand, we talked about how we're going to do the best and worst edits of the season and, like, who we think had the best stories and who we think had the worst stories. Um, so, uh, do you want to go, how do we want to do this? Do you, you want to do, should we do like, um, well, I've talked about two of my worst because they were in the final six. <laughs> um, oh yeah. I guess, do you have people on the top or final six that have the worst edit that you want to talk about? So like, just for say. me, the a worst, like a bad edit is one that doesn't make sense. Could have been significantly better and like leaves a pocket that like you don't get, um, so for me, the worst one is probably Laurel, um, because like like we said, like her story actively ruined the season. I think yeah, like her 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 story being will she flip or not when she's never gonna flip, and I think is awful. The fact that there's like a question there that like oh this is a good thing though, like mm-hmm. the fact that they tried to make it like Laurel's okay for doing this. 
Laurel in episode four being like, I've been sitting back, but now I'm going to start playing hard. <laughs> I think all that stuff is meant to be a joke, but it's like a joke that the editors are in on and no one else is. You know what I mean? Like looking back, it's like, yeah. it's hilarious that in episode four, Laurel's like, I'm going to start playing and then goes invisible again. Or I mean, but there's a more obvious one where she's like, hmm, sometime I'll have to flip on the pretty people. And then she mm-hmm. never does. Yeah. Right. Like it was like a post ironic joke that like you only, you can only get if you watch the season already. And like, that's a problem. Like, yeah. If you already have all the information, I'm sure it's very funny. And I'm sure they were trying to make it funny. It just, it doesn't work there. And you're just like, oh, so she's randomly complex about this. Okay, that's kind of cool. Um, uh, so that's, in my opinion, the worst one. Um, I, maybe That's not the overall worst. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I will say the other one in the final six is Angela. Like, I just, I know you can't make it much better. But, like, still to have your fourth placer look like that is just not good. Definitely garbage. Definitely garbage. Um, okay, next up is, in my opinion, Sebastian. Um, yeah, I mean... That's... Unforgivable edit, I think. Mm. Um, How would you make it better? Just more, like, Fabio-y? Have him... Yeah, I think he, his is easy. You, like, you just honestly give him the same edit, but more content, right? Like, Yeah, I think... Because I tried to make, like, a slightly better, more even edgic for this, and that's what I did. Like, more mm-hmm. you Honestly, like, <laughs> that's the thing is, like, Laurel... I think you have to dramatically change the structure of the season, right? Like, I think ultimately they relied on her to be the main kind of character of the post-merge, and that was a mistake. They kind of, like, yeah. devoned her, and she shouldn't have been. Um, so, like, I understand that's a huge undertaking. Sebastian, you just give him a few more funny lines, and people think he could win. Oh, for sure. Honestly. Like, make him um, more like Brett. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, have him say something funny every now and then. Uh, and Give him a confessional in, like, every episode. And watch our edgic squirm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's a possibility. Um, yeah. Just, like, because he, di- he didn't, like, you can tell the story of somebody who didn't take the game seriously enough. Uh, and that bites him in the butt. And still put him on the show. Like, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to just be like, he wasn't there. <laughs> um, I think his is, for me, is... His is the worst in that it would be so easy to fix. And, like, there's no good reason for it. Sure. Because, like, at least, he, like, okay, like, Angela actively blows up the one <laughs> interesting moment. Yeah. At least I can be, like, Sebastian didn't play that bad. Sebastian got to the final six. If he pulls that move off, which, by all counts, should have worked, uh, Sebastian probably has a good shot at winning the game. Oh, yeah, because then it's, like... Angela, Sebastian, Donathan. And I don't know how the votes go, but if Sebastian pulls that move off, he probably wins. Yeah. Granted, Wendell's going to be there in the final four anyway, so I don't know how that's going to shake out. But oh yeah, because um, I, I know. But yeah, like yeah. I mean, like Sebastian had way more win equity than I think any any. I think Sebastian had the most win equity behind Wendell and Dominic. Yeah, for sure. And so I I don't know why you don't just give him a little bit more. Um, I think that would be easy. Okay. And then uh, next up, my I only did three. But, like, my last one, I think, is the worst one. And I think it's pretty obvious. It's, like, Chelsea. Like, Mm -hmm. all we've heard post-season is that Chelsea was, like, really good. Like, a threat to win. Super strategic. And, like, that's not what we got. (laughs) (laughs) We got the most invisible person in Survivor history. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, to the point Granted, I do take... Go ahead. This is my little soapbox moment. I do take issue with that because um, I do think, per- like, Purple Kelly was still significantly more invisible yes. than her, except for the last episode, which they decided to, like, yeah. make a joke out of her. Yeah. Like, I-, I would still say Purple Kelly's edit was worse, like, in terms of that, but, like... But, in the same way... On pure number basis, because of 
she got a bad boot episode yeah i was reading a ranking online and like i mean they put it really well where they're like when you do this to someone it doesn't make them forgettable it makes them super memorable because you're like what were they doing with chelsea townsend like mm-hmm. person who won two immunities looked was like the first threat like before kellen like kellen did not have immunity and they still went for chelsea oh yeah it's crazy and i just think it's to the point where people are still like what did she do to like production like yeah no it's like who did she curse or something did she kill someone's pet mm-hmm. like what is happening <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really absurd. I mean, like, granted, we did call it preseason, but, like, I don't know. But not to that um, extent, I think. I don't know. We were both like, how did this girl get cast? But Yeah. <laughs> um, if she cast, like, it should be for some reason. Like, Yeah, that's my, that's my worst. And she overall. wasn't even that bad at confessionals. I don't know. It made no, me upset. No, Um, And so, like, the one other that I would say was, like, not a good edit um would be uh i'm gonna go with desiree i think you could have made it much better oh for sure um just in the pre-merge like i don't think it's too much different but yeah just a couple more and like i think uh, another one like libby because like if you think about it like the only real moment of excitement where it was truly like malolo could flip the table is like when the southern catholic blonde girl wasn't the nice girl you expected her to be Mm mm-hmm and then they're like, she doesn't exist. And then she's randomly. Yeah, up. I do think like that is probably like she. I think she only went to a couple tribals before the merge. Like that's true. Well, no, she went actually to, no, she went to almost all of them. She Never went mind. to yeah four. <laughs> so I, I actually yeah I don't know what's going on there because like she was invisible in the premiere. Yeah, and then like that is a problem. Like Libby should have been visible in the premiere and just make her the southern girl who has like a devilish charm or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I think that could be a fun character who just gets. And then she can get voted out for being a threat at the merge. I don't know. She literally could have taken some of Brendan's screen time in those first two because she makes it farther mm-hmm. than Brendan and was in the alliance Granted, with him. Granted, Brendan ended up with five confessionals. So I think if got any less, <laughs> um, it would. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't. I don't agree with that <laughs> exact method of doing it. But for my preseason winner pick, he deserves at least five confessionals. <laughs> um. But, uh, okay, so now let's do best. Okay. Because, okay, so best I number guess, one. Well, I guess for me, I sort of, like, maybe went for less obvious choices. I guess Dominic, I think, has a really good edit, even though he didn't win. Like, it's a For nice me, story. the problem is that he didn't win. Yeah. Like, uh, he would not be in my top three. Okay. Um, where do I want to start? They're very different. I'll start with Stephanie Johnson. I think they realized mm-hmm. they had a star who was robbed and oh yeah they just gave her as much content as they could pack into five episodes Bingo. to the point where they like made their final four completely irrelevant in her boot episode mm-hmm. to make her the star and yep. i'm so excited to see stephanie johnson again i think everyone loves her she better come back yeah absolutely like stephanie johnson i think not only got an inc- was incredible casting that we were so wrong on but was incredible TV, was a great character, and not only that, they gave her a great edit. And, like, she would be, in my opinion, the best edit of the season. Yeah, like, Stephanie moments. Like, I want to go back and watch the five first five episodes just for that. Because, like, Mm -hmm. I love watching her talk. I love watching her play. Yep. Like, I will leave this season. Her is probably my favorite, I think. (laughs) The only one that I think has any... um, competitiveness with the stephanie johnson edit is our boy chris noble uh yeah. with one of in my opinion one of the better stories yes. told in a long time um and i think there's no surprise that people like i've seen the sentiment online like watch the pre-merge watch the merge episode watch the finale that's it 
Um, yeah. Those are all the episodes with Chris, Chris Noble in it. Um, <laughs> and Chris Noble was just incredible TV from the beginning to the end. The show managed to trick you and me to, I think we both put him on our board at some point that's, as a potential winner. That's my favorite thing is like they held on to Chris Noble being a winner contender as long as they possibly could. Yep. And then they and were they, like, no, this guy's a caricature, so root for Yeah, you just were you yeah. just thought that coach could win in token jeans. Ha ha ha, joke's <laughs> on you. Um, and just, like, he's, we see all sides of him. Like, he is, in my opinion, the most fully realized character in this season. Yeah. Um, it just happens that he's a cartoon character. Um, but, like, you know everything about him personally. You know how he views the game. You know his approach to everything. You know, like, you know who he's close to. He got everything. He got just an all-star edit. This is exactly how you edit people. Like, everyone you should have these kind of feelings about. And, like, Chris is one of the greatest Survivor characters of all time because of this edit. I just... He is the best part of this season. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know if he's the best part, but he's a great character. And, like... The best part. And I think people, like, realize this, too. Like, same with Stephanie mm-hmm. Johnson. Like... He's obviously not the nicest person, but, like, people just love how, like, goofy and, like, weird he is. I'm sure he's nice. Like. Oh, yeah. But, like, like he from all accounts, like, he, as, like, the most positive Yeah, he's person. not a hero. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, but, yeah, heroes like, versus villains, too. Like, Chris versus Stephanie. But, like, oh, yeah. Chris, Chris, Chris is on the villain's tribe. Yeah. He's, like, the most. He's the coach where it's, like, he's, like, why am I here? I thought I was a good guy. Um, But, yeah, like, for me, easy. Him and Stephanie. The the best edits. Yeah. Um, And, okay, so. I'm curious, okay, who are you going to go with best next? <laughs> um, I don't know, this is a weird one, but looking back, I think, although I would have wanted, like, the CP5 journey from her constantly, I think Jenna had a really good edit for what she was in the season. I think she had a good edit until a certain point, but... I just think I d- yeah, it was, like, consistent content, but, like, she doesn't do anything, so, like, you can't make her super important. And, like, she's funny. We got to see her charm. And, like, I don't know. I just love it. I love the Jenna Bowman edit. That one surprises me. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> like, I did not see this one coming. Okay, maybe it's slim pickings. Like, tell it me is. Who's... No, like, looking back. Like, I think Bradley is good after episode three. Like, I mm-hmm. wish it would have started in episode one. I think James is an interesting edit, but it's gappy. Like, there's lots of gaps mm-hmm. um, otherwise. No, like, for me, Jenna is not, like, Jenna is exactly how you edit a under-the-radar person. Like, it's a good under-the-radar edit. She by far the best under-the-radar edit of anybody in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't I don't hate that choice, personally. Um, I'm sure you'll get some hate for it, but, uh, <laughs> no, like, for me, granted, I mean, like, we're super far in. Like, who's really listening to this two weeks after? Who knows? But, um, <laughs> no, uh, to anybody who is, thank you. Hi. But, um... For me, Jenna is actually, like, actually not a bad choice. Like, I would put her probably, like, fifth best edit. Okay. Um, But, like, it's a good choice because, like, this is how you edit an out-of-the-radar person, in my opinion. Yeah. Not Libby, not Chelsea, not... I mean, you give her things like the confessional after they lose the immunity, and then you get people being like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. Jenna Bowman, winner of Survivor... 36. Yeah, and it wasn't just us who had that. Like, it's not like we were just, like, these two crazy people. <laughs> people did think Jenna could win. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, with Sebastian, if you just gave him some of that kind of stuff, yeah. if you just gave more of these under-the-radar people more content, people would... Like, that hurts Edric. Like, that makes it harder to do if everyone has a story. It also makes it a better TV show. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, the point, like, Jen and Sebastian were, like, low-tier winner picks for a lot of people until the episode where Jenna is shown playing Sebastian because Jenna skyrockets because mm -hmm. it's a good moment for her, but it's an awful moment for Sebastian. And then they just don't bother with him afterwards, so there's no question about it, so. Yeah, and if you just kept giving Jenna some, like, I'm strategic content after that, like, I think she shows up on, like, our edge board and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like especially at the merge where it's like, oh, okay, it's Dominic or Wendell, like, okay. <laughs> or, or Jenna, I guess. Um, yeah. But, uh, okay, so I, I, I'm 100% okay with that because I think you're right. Like, looking back, like, th there are some slim pickings. Um, so my next is, I was also thinking Bradley, but yeah, that invisible at the start is bad. Michael Yerger. Michael Yerger, good at it. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a nice edit. Like, we sure got a lot of Michael Yerger. But, like, I don't know. It feels a lot. Just, ugh. I'm glad we got to see him. He's an interesting person who we'll see back on our TV soon. But I don't know. See, for me, what's good is, like, he was constantly a potential winner candidate for a while. Um, because they did show him a complex that, and interesting That way. might be why I have issues with him, is because I think I caught on pretty quick that, like, this yeah. is not a winner's edit, it's just a high-visibility edit to fool casuals and other people, so, like... That I, that I agree with. That's I'm like, disappointed I, with it. I mean, I'm glad we got so much of him, but... To be quite honest, like, I mostly am struggling, like, for me, Chris and Stephanie are the easy number oh, one sure. to do. Yeah. Uh, Dominic's probably there as well, especially if he won. If he won, he would be easy number one, but I think his story has a little bit of problems with the fact that he didn't win. But that might be too critical. Um, and then, like, after that, like, the only people who I really see as anywhere near, like, a good edit are Michael, Kellen. <laughs> Kellen is and that might interesting. Be it. I would say Kellen had a very good. Like, I was I was so close between putting Kellen or Bra or Michael here, because Kellen ultimately had a good edit in my opinion. Um, I think they could have shown her a little bit better or a little bit more villain. Like I think they had to pick a little bit better or worse. But I think at the end of the day, you saw the a hardcore audience go from loving her to hating her to despising her to appreciating her. <laughs> yeah. And I think that is a sign of a really good edit. Yeah, is that's true. We really did cycle with her of, like, how we view her, how we... We know so much about her. She drives us nuts, but then we understand why she drives us nuts, and then we appreciate that for at least she's trying her best. Um, I do think so much of this story was the story of Kellen... Um, and I'm happy she was on the show. I'm happy she got this edit. I, know. I'm so... I do wish more people got good at it, so I wouldn't have to put this one third. But like, <laughs> yeah, it's a totally good, above passable um edit for a person. Um, and she was a very unique character. Like, I don't oh, think there's sure. ever been this edit before. And they, I think, in my opinion, they pulled it off. It had a good ending. It had a good everything. Yeah, I mean, for for a seventh placer, you sort of get some of the shortcomings of it. But I think last episode we said one of the problems with this season is that the same people were in power all the time and we couldn't, like, do what we did for Kellen where we couldn't hate people and then love them and then... Mm -hmm. But, like, Kellen let us do that and that's one of the best things. Yep, Kellen is really the only one. Like, I guess Bradley, too, had that, too. Like, Bradley and Kellen together, like, at various points, you're like, I hate these people. And then at the end, like, when Bradley leaves, you're like, oh, 
but he was good TV. <laughs> and then Kellen, like when, when Mally leaves, you're like, I hate Kellen. Get her off the TV. You're ruining the season. And then you're like, oh no, these other people are ruining the season. Mm-hmm. And Kellen's just kind of annoying. I would rather Kellen being kind of annoying than Angela leaking all the plans. Like, yeah. Um, like, Kellen was almost like the right, like, it's almost like Kellen was the right kind of complacent in this story, where she was just a little bit wrong, whereas, like, Laurel was the wrong kind of complacent in the story. Yeah, I think, yeah, I agree, because, like, Kellen's really would have won, got her the win, where, mm-hmm. like, Laurel... Yeah, Kellen was playing for first, she just was wrong. Laurel was wrong, but she thought she was playing for first? No, I think she was, I think she's playing for third. <laughs> uh, I do, I really, really do. Why didn't she admit it just, like, once, though? Why is she like, well, I'm toast? Well, she did say, I can't beat one little Dominic. And then she just all of a sudden was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to split the votes. But, okay, like, um, and, okay, so do you have a third? That was my Jenna. Cause I went Wait, Stephanie, who was your, Chris, oh, you did Stephanie, Dominic, Jenna? No, Stephanie, Chris, Jenna. Oh, okay, okay, so we both just had Chris, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, Chris is yeah. great. Yeah, so I guess Chris wins, Stephanie comes second. No, wait, uh, I put Stephanie first. Oh, okay. So I put Chris one, Stephanie two. Oh so I don't. So they tie. They're tied for first. Yeah, they both need to come back. Um, they tied for first, and, to and be... then Laurel breaks the vote. Yeah, <laughs> and she, I guess, like Stephanie. Ooh, yeah. I, yeah Chris, she, she had a really good scene with Chris, so I don't know. Did she? She hated Chris. She was like, "Chris is this dumb model, and we'll just get rid of him." Oh yeah, and but it was a good scene. End. Like that was the best Laurel moment. Yeah. Um. Do we want to talk but, yeah. about any others? Like, Jacob was there and was... Jacob had a good... Yeah, like, okay, we should go through who had edits that, in your opinion, were good. Oh, okay. Not Stephanie Gonzalez. What? Uh, it's fine for a first I think it's a really boot. good first boot. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Girl was whispering and, like, that had no... Like, it ended up not showing up as much on previous seasons, so... Yeah, true. Like, I think this is a fine first boot edit. It's not anything super special. Sure. I would like if she comes back because she's very pretty. Uh, <laughs> Jacob Derwin, I think, had a wonderful arc. It's a, it a lot of screen time. Like too, probably too much. Like probably is a reason a lot of the season doesn't work. But yeah, like, ter- yeah, like if this if it was an hour long, like if it was like a longer premiere and um, it was actually, like yeah. maybe if it was. You know what I mean? If it was one of those, like, one-hour or two-hour, one-boot, like, Millennial vs. Gen yeah. X-style ones, like, that would be, like, good edit. But it was just too much in mm-hmm. the short premiere. Morgan? Morgan, uh, terrible edit. I mean... Uh, Not terrible, just fine. I wish we had more Morgan. I think that's the biggest problem. Yeah, but honestly, she was fine. Like, I mean, like, you got, like, um, with her, like... You got enough from her for the third boot, and in that episode, she was kind of fun, like getting backstabbed by Libby. Don't trust the pretty blonde. Shouting, that, that was fine. Yeah, it like she was more Morgan shouting. Queen Morgan, Queen Morgan. Brendan, uh, Brendan is like the perfect edit for what Brendan was. Yeah, I'm sad he wasn't more because I think he could have been awesome, but I think he was perfectly good. And then Stephanie, incredible. Mm-hmm. James, I think, was not a good edit, but not a bad edit either. Like, not like it's fine. I like James as a character, but looking back, I mean, I was the person who had him as my like top contender. It's true. Point, yeah, so. you were the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like for me, it was a edit that if he lasted longer, it, like it was like the good building blocks to an edit, and then. Mm-hmm. But he had a really wonderful boot episode. Yeah. Bradley, good at it, other than the random invisibility at the start. Yeah, see, I think that just hurt a lot of people. And that's, mm-hmm. like, hurt a lot of the season is you have, like, Jacob taking up all the screen time and then you don't have Desiree or Libby or Bradley or Chelsea or Angela. and 
Or Laurel. Oh, or Laurel. Like, she gets one confessional in the second episode, but yeah. that's it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Bradley, Bradley, whatever. He's okay. Chris, like, great. Bradley had a good story, but, like... Yeah. He was, like... And he was a good character. It was just, like... There were some problems, but I would say, like, on the upper tier. Yeah. Chris in 10 out of 10. Libby, pretty close to 0 out of 10. Like... Yeah, that's really Had bad. so much potential. She's one of those ones where it's just, like, I don't get why they wouldn't just give her a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know. That's... And she's good TV, too. Like, she... Very fun way she talks. Mm-hmm. Desiree... Another bad... Such a bad beginning. All we knew about her for so long was that she was bad at puzzles. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of her story, was like, I'm bad at puzzles. Because it came back <laughs> in that blindfold challenge. Yeah. Where James left it. Uh, Jenna. Jenna. Good. Jenna, good. This is an example of exactly how you edit under the radar person. Michael, I say good. You say not good. I mean, okay. Yeah, like, Michael's not, like... Like, it's kind of sad that we have to put Michael at the third best of the season. Um, Chelsea, awful, <laughs> terrible, never again. Really unforgivable i mean do Kellen it again good. because it's so like novel and i'm going to remember chelsea forever but like oh yeah and i think she's doing a reddit ama and i i'm just excited to see what i just don't happens. want her to post at all <laughs> that would be hilarious <laughs> <laughs> responds four times that's it um kellen kellen good, good. sebastian bad bad no story donathan good honestly uh, donathan is one of those ones who like i probably could have put in my top yeah uh, but that's sad because he has major problems in a story like he doesn't have a clear story um necessarily uh because again there is that whiplash at the end yeah and also the ab- absurdness of uh hero edit for refusing to dive but <laughs> uh yeah whatever is good angela <sighs> bad but like was there a yeah, good bad but like understandable i guess I, don't, I really don't know how else you edit her. Because, like, she just pops up every now and then to ruin things. And you have to show that. And then it's just, <laughs> like, yeah. Just, like, is it awful, like... Like, it's like... She's, like, crit fail. You know what I mean? Like, the 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 production rolls their D20. And it lands on a 1. And it's like, oh, this season's gonna suck. Now. <laughs> Time to bring Angela out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Something looks promising. Oh, fails. Um... um. Laurel, Laurel looks good, was really bad for this season. Yeah, it's, like, one of those ones where it's, like, she has a good edge chart. Has a good, Does like, she, she like, has a story. I have her as CP3 for literally the last four episodes. <laughs> like, yeah. It's weird and, ugh. Dominic. It's just, like, she shouldn't have been, comp- like, honestly, she shouldn't have been complex. She should have been over the top. Yeah. I don't know. And, yeah, it's, like, one of those ones where it's just, like, good edge chart. The way they to- chose to, to tell her story ruined the season. Mm-hmm. Dominic, good. Wendell, not. I'm not sure. Bad, I would say. Like, yeah. Bad edit. I'm good character, I guess. Like, I don't know. I like, think I'm just still like. So like, Wendell won this season, and mm-hmm. like, it just doesn't all add up. It's super weird considering he was like the front runner from the start. Um, mm-hmm. And then by the end, everyone's like, "There's no way Wendell's winning this, right? Like, he didn't. He didn't do anything." <laughs> but that's the case um honestly at the end of the day his problem is like i think they just have a hard time telling the story of like these social winners yeah especially when they were giving dominic a winner at it like (laughs) ultimately like dominic just steps on his heels too much i think where it's just like he wasn't positive enough and dominic wasn't negative enough like one of those had to happen i think like one like (laughs) they had to at some point acknowledge that when like Wendell had something over Dominic, and they just never did. I think you just have to pick a horse in this race. Like, I think they really needed to decide which one they were going to, at some point, put over the other, and, like, they just never did, and I think that hurts Wendell's story a lot. 
and all his big moments again are just super obnoxiously in your face and there's like no subtlety yeah. to his edit i think that's the biggest problem yeah so yep. that i guess wraps our coverage of ghost island we'll be back next season and in the oh wait we forgot the edit of the most important um person kevin hart oh yeah true yeah sorry we'll be back here next season with tko coverage um <laughs> uh, <laughs> ah, cbs what are you doing that show looks awful like it just it just is like it's like wipeout but also it just feels like in that episode of black mirror where there's like the bicycles it just feels like one of those shows oh yeah it's just like how is this getting made why are you interrupting our reunion to talk about this forever like, why does Kevin Hart seemingly not know that Survivor's still on? Like, he was just the worst on that reunion. Like, I'm sure, like, oh I, I personally don't find him funny overall, but, like, this was probably the worst I've ever seen him ever. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen him before, but, like, I don't necessarily want to see him again. Yeah, it was a bad first outing as he repeats his joke, like, four times <laughs> as the audience <laughs> is like, Ugh. But, yeah, no, like... That was just awful. That was this my in my opinion, this is the worst reunion of all time. Oh, absolutely. Like people are like, no, Caramoan's still worse. I'm like, no, this is much worse than Caramoan. <laughs> like yeah, Wendell didn't get a winner like, package. Like that's insane. I, I was pretty like just not happy with the results, so I didn't pay a lot of attention. And also people were like, because I watched it late, but people were telling me like, oh, it's awful. Don't worry about it. But yeah, like I think they asked Wendell, Dominic, and Laurel a question each. And then like they're like, but here's Kevin Hart with TKO. And yeah, like. And Sia. Well, no, Sia was there in the middle of the show. But she wasn't even there. Yeah. Yeah, she just announced it off stage. This wasn't even fun. Um, And yeah, like I, I, the one thing is we did get the trailer for Survivor David versus Goliath. And. I think it'll be a fun one to educate next season because the story's already like there's already so many baked in stories in that from an edge point of view, like from what we do. Yeah, I think one of the first questions I heard asked was like, will a growth edit be viable? Mm-hmm. Because it's like the Davids all are technically going to be growth edits. And second question, can a Goliath win the game? And like, how do they edit that? <laughs> like... To me, this is yeah. like like right away. I'm like my edict chart is only the David tribe. <laughs> Are you saying like it's going to be so in favor of them or like? Uh, I don't know. I I just mean like how it's it just a hard story. Probably like like they go in with so much positivity already. Like like I don't know if you're I familiar think... with the story David versus Goliath, but uh, there's a <laughs> like it's all like brain and brawn. There's a like that's a thing people talk about. But, like, yeah, it's not, like, the only thing anyone knows about it is David beating Goliath. Like, that's that's the Bible story. That's, like, uh, Survivor <laughs> Superman versus Lex Luthor. Or, <laughs> but, like, I think Heroes versus Villains is kind of there. I mean, you get villain winners, but, like, you don't want a villain to win necessarily. And so that's why you have, like, Sandra being, like, I don't think I should be on the villains tribe. Mm-hmm. You, I think, I know this is, like, way early to be speculating on it, but I think if a Goliath wins, it's a super positive edit from the start. Yeah. Like, they're not shown as someone who's domineering and... Mm. they're like i might be a goliath but i have way more in common with the david i've struggled too blah 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 yeah yeah um you know like to me this is a bad theme for that reason of like sure it's 
like, and I mean, like, I'm somebody who doesn't hate the Millennials vs. Gen X theme. I don't hate the healers, healers, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it's stupid, but it doesn't really do anything. Um, like, for me, they're more like face, those ones are face palmy. This one's like, uh, this one has a built-in story already. Like, this is, this one's lazy. <laughs> Yeah. Like, they're all just going to be growth. Like, David Tribes is going to be growth edits, and Goliath Tribes <laughs> probably just going to be, like, yelling about the Shelter Tribe. Yep. I don't know. Hopefully, it's good. Like, I'm, I'm sure it could oh, be. Man. Um, And then the, the theme says almost nothing. Millennials First Gen X is one of my favorite theme or seasons, and it's a terrible theme. Um, Cook Islands isn't the worst season of all time, and it has the worst theme, so. <laughs> um,. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Come September twenty eighteen. Oh yeah, and uh, the only good thing is that I I'm a huge professional wrestling fan, and uh, there is a professional wrestler who I grew up loving on the cast, and I'm like, oh boy, that's gonna be fun. John on the Goliath Tribe. Um, I'm a huge Natalie fan, and there's a Natalie on the Goliath Tribe. Oh uh, yeah. From the preview, it looked pretty fun. Can't wait for oh. her on Survivor. Rob's versus Natalie's. Oh my gosh. Uh, Natalie's never got lower than fourth. Isn't it sixth? She, is it sixth? Which Natalie got sixth? Uh, you're probably right. I'm gonna trust you. It's fourth. <laughs> we'll go with fourth. Um, but yeah, no, like I, I, I'm excited for next season. I think we'll have kind of an interesting take on things when the season is so the theme is so ham-fisted into already having a story. Like I think that'll be a fun mm-hmm. one to do this podcast for. Yeah, and. Uh, especially it's different than ghost mm-hmm. good old ghost good old ghost um and i guess at this point do we want to talk about the, the rumors for 38 uh I, I guess we better like if you're still here yeah if you're still and here you and you're super hear. spoiler averse like this isn't um anything game related this is like or this is structure. this yeah this is one not for sure this is a rumor and it's just structure of this season related um it's like Ghost Island. It's like effectively knowing what Ghost Island is before the season is yeah. what it is. So uh, if you don't want to hear that, farewell. Um, that's been our show. Thank you for listening for all of Yeah, thank you so much. And hours. And sorry for being late. Been... Uh, a bunch of you emailed us, and we're very sorry. <laughs> um, but I went to a trip. So unless you wanted me recording from my phone, that sounded like a butt. Um, <laughs> And with a bunch of screaming kids, then yeah, this is this we we did it. We finally did it. But yeah, thank you so much. It genuinely means so much. Um, We'll be back. We'll be back. Yeah. So okay, so season thirty-eight, Isle of Extinction. Oh my gosh. So it's it's horrible. I just no. If it like if it is literally how the rumor says, which we'll explain in a second. uh, I think there might not be a winner that at three, but um. Yeah. Because like I'm so excited to do this next season. I love doing it this season. That twist, if it is legitimately how it is, I don't think I'm going to watch the season. It just destroys... I don't know. It just feels like... We talked about in the actual episode how Survivor has this issue with wanting strategy but casting people who aren't strategic. Mm -hmm. And the apparent rumor is that, like, a heavy part of it is, like, survival-based and, like, almost to the point of, like, torture. Like... Yeah, so, like, for anyone listening who doesn't know what it is, so basically the core tenant that come out came out from uh, Inside Survivor is, so it's called Island of Extinction, and you still vote people out normally, um, but when you get voted out, you effectively go to Exile Island, and it's kind of like Redemption Island where you're not out of the game. The only way you can leave the Island of Extinction is you quitting, 
Uh, which means instead of voting people out of the island of extinction, when you're on there on the island of extinction with somebody else, what you're trying to do is to get them to quit. Ah, oh, that's awful. And that is not a show I have any interest in watching. No. Like it's like, I we just talked about how Black Mirror. I don't remember what context. That's my memory, but like that seems very Black Mirror. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to like. Survivor is a show about survival, but it's never about killing, mm-hmm. like, or making them so miserable that they want to quit. Like, you get people who quit, but it's like a bad thing. Jeff Probst hates quitters. You're Kelly Shins, right? Like, it's. I hate this because it's no longer a strategic game. Apparently, people come back on day thirty-seven, um, which is insane. And yeah, what does that do for us? Aside from the fact that, like, we might not be watching. Like... Yeah, I don't get it at all, and... I mean, even with Redemption Island, we don't have a winner who's come back from Redemption Island and won. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is totally different. Yeah, this is like, just survival. This is go camping for 37 days, and then you can win a million dollars. It's just like, insane. And so I saw a show on MTV a couple of years back called... Um, it's, like, Stranded with a Million Dollars or something. Um Okay. And it was this concept of there's a million dollars, there's 10 people or whatever. Um, and if you can get somebody to quit, you get a higher, more of the money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the activities you saw included um, taking dumps in their drinking water so they would uh, like get super sick. Um, like like burning all their stuff. Because, like, yeah, that's optimal play is yeah. try and give them tetanus. Like, that's awful. Like... <laughs> And it was just, like, disgusting. Like, the show was just gross. Like, it was just, like, people stealing food from each other and, like, like doing disgusting things so that they're surrounded by bacteria and they can't breathe. Like, it was awful. Like, And it's, like, when you have a season, like, Kaurang, where there's, like, literally the end of the merge episode is, like, Dr. Joe comes out and is, like, who's got a bacterial infection that I can assess? Mm -hmm. And it changes the game. Like, I don't see why they'd want to, like, do this in any way. No, I don't get it at all. And, like, the worst part is, is, like, that MTV show got canceled because it was bad and no one liked watching it. Like, are they seriously going to cancel my favorite TV show? Because I think this could, this is the thing that could kill the show, in my opinion. Absolutely. It's not... I don't, it's not a show like my parents want to watch. No, I don't want to watch it, like, at all. <laughs> like, I definitely, if this, if this is accurate, I will not be watching that season. Um, and, like, and I, I think, I watch Survivor Maryland. Like, I watch Survivor Boston. I watch these fan-made, like, at a college campus. I do not care at all about the survival of the show. Like, the survival part of the show. Like, it's fun sometimes. But, like, part and of like it's another... cooperation. It's a social game. Yeah. Another issue is that, like... I just don't, like, somehow CBS, it's just like, I don't see people quitting that easily. No. So that just bloats the already, like, problematic editing issues. Because you have, like, not 20 people on day three still. You have, like, 20 people on, like, 12. Yeah. And, like... And it's just like that's the thing is like there are so many like what is the final just gonna be determined by a challenge like like <laughs> I don't even get it like there's... and I guess the other facet we didn't discuss is that it has captains yeah so like 
Yeah, and like, so one of them is Joe Anglum, and I'm like, okay, this is 100% made to make Joe Anglum win, right? Like, I just, I don't know, the inner conspiracy theorist in me is brewing like crazy there, uh, boiling over, because... I just don't, my conspiracy theorist is saying this is not true, like... I think maybe they're, like, putting, like, this fake rumor out there to be like, what will our fans think? And then they're, like, maybe going to use it for a future season, but... I hope that's true. I hope that's true. I, I mean, the captains are confirmed. We know that the captains are there. The captains are confirmed. And I'm fine with the captains. But like, I don't hate the choices. It's, uh, if no, anyone's are... unsure, it's David Wright, it's uh, Aubrey Bracco, it's Joe Anglum, Kelly Wentworth. And honestly, if they get those four people back and they do this shitty twist, I'll be so mad <laughs> because I am so excited for David Wright 2.0. I'm so excited for Kelly Wentworth 3.0. The other two I don't really care about, but like those two are enough that I'm like hyped. And if this dumb twist ruins... The return of David Wright for me. Yeah, it's not, like, for maybe Joe, this is how you... I don't... For all four of them, this isn't how I want to see them play. Like, I don't want to see Aubrey play like this. I don't want to see David play like this. Yeah, like, why would you cast these, like, David and Aubrey known for their strategy? Like... Joe could be good at it, but, like, he's also usually a positive guy who, like, I don't want to see, like, torturing people. Yeah, like, I, I don't at all, like, and... Also, like, I feel like, like, isn't Joe, like, homeless? Like, Joe is, like, a travel, like, a traveling wilderness person. I feel like I don't know. he'd I have no problem like... on the Extinction Island, like, at all. Well, he lives with Sierra. Fan favorite game changer, Sierra Don Thomas, now. Okay, okay. So, like, and she has a house and horses, so, like, he's okay. But, like, I'm sure he, like, I, I, if this is real, like, I feel like Edric's gonna be super easy because it's just gonna be like, okay, Joe won <laughs> before the season started. Like, I trust not Joe's good. survival skills over David Wright's any day. Yeah, not I, good. It just drives me nuts. Um, so hopefully that isn't true and we can continue doing the podcast and having a good time. But the thing is, it's like from reputable people though yeah like it's like, it really scares me um i just hope like i i what i like i love Ex- so we know isle of extinction is absolutely the theme and mm-hmm. like is absolutely um there is an island of extinction or whatever i just hope that's the mechanism is not actually that i just hope it's dinosaurs like me too the idols are dinosaurs and honestly if the okay worst comes to worst one person comes back at the merge because of this dumb thing. I'm fine with that. If that's what they want to do. If they're just like, yeah. if this is the Stephanie Johnson uh, memorial twist or whatever, I'm fine with that. But like, well, why doesn't Stephanie Johnson benefit from it? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, just bring her back at the merge. No one would even care. Oh, they'd, yeah. They'd be like, okay, um, you clearly ranked this, but like, Stephanie Johnson's back, so I'm fine. Um, don't just like keep returning, like, returning players anywhere away from the end of the game and like people won't be mad like no mm-hmm. one wants someone to come back from redemption island on day 37 and win the game like no one in the entire world wants to watch that no no one wants to watch somebody like who's like dying of um like smallpox on extinction island to like <laughs> like crawl their corpse to the file travel council like no one wants to watch yeah. that it's just like I can't think of any time where like people have been suffering and I liked it. Like Guatemala is really sad at the beginning because like all these like men are just like collapsing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like scary. It's not like good. Yeah, no, like and like the worst part of Co Wrong is like at the final five there's a medevac. Like that sucks. Like yeah. 
It's like all of this I don't know. strategically interesting game doesn't matter anymore because people keep dying. Like I don't know. I like my theory that they're floating the idea. Oh, I hope you're right. I hope. And you're like right. maybe like Jeff wants to like call it quits or something, and he's like looking for new ways to like reboot without him. But like they just sorry. need to watch that crappy MTV show because it was awful. Like, it got ca- canceled after a <laughs> we'll season. Just, we'll send them DVDs of it if they even press DVDs for it. I don't think they did. I uh, just such a terrible idea. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's the that's the twist. So hopefully we we got at least one more season of uh, <laughs> coverage coming your way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Uh, yes. Same been... stuff as always. Email us if you want at the winner edit at mm-hmm. g or yeah the winner edit at gmail dot com or you can go on our website the winners edit dot uh, wordpress dot com wordpress dot com. Uh, I didn't. I don't have the actual uh, script open. Uh, leave a review on iTunes. Uh, tell your friends. Remember us for next season. Um, yeah. Watch we'll Survivor around. South Africa and Survivor New Zealand. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do once I find time. It's so good. Oh my god, Survivor South Africa continues to be one of my favorite seasons of Survivor ever. Um, huh. Survivor New Zealand is okay. It's better than Ghost Island. It's like a standard Survivor, but it's still pretty good. Farewell. Bye. <laughs>